0: Hello everybody welcome back. It is Monday, May 1st, 2023. You're listening to episode 162 of the Can I Say Something podcast. I'm your host and a recluse with a juicy caboose, Damian. Joining me today is... Derek McDuff. On today's show, we've got movie and TV news, including trailers for David Gordon Green's directed The Exorcist Believer, Killers of Flower Moon, uh, Dune Part 2, that debuted this week at CinemaCon. (laughs) <laughs> After that, we'll get into a little bit of what we've been watching, including Evil Dead Arise, Mandalorian Finale, *Ghost*, and much, much more. Right to the show, Can I Say Something Podcast, at gmail.com, bicycle on Twitter, so you can have an iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Spotify, rate, and review it to end of Apple podcast. Tell a friend, family member, or stranger, what's up, man? How are you doing?
1: Not, not too bad. I almost got yeah, you there. Almost I, said,
0: thought, almost <laughs> I thought there.
1: I was going to get you. Did you notice that
0: I do a little? Yeah, I do a little bit of reading ahead. I do have the ability (laughs) to actually, yeah, look at what the words are coming in front of me.
1: (laughs) I I was like, I'll get them at the last minute. For any listeners, yeah, just at the eleventh hour, right before we start on the teleprompter, I wrote in a little something extra for Damien to say, but he he caught me. He was too clever.
0: Was too clever. Yeah, yeah. I always wonder if like when I'm listening to uh, audio books or whatever, how they how they Mm -hmm. read that, where they do, you know, Mm -hmm. somebody if character is saying like. He said, "Get out of my way!" with with a, uh, you know, his jaw with his with his what do you call that when your jaw is like your mouth is like gritted with gritted teeth. He said, "Get out of my way!" Mm-hmm. But how do they know if they say if the um, what do you call it? the adjective or the adverb is comes after the way he says it? How do they know to say it with gritted teeth? So they must they probably like read ahead right to to see what to how to perform and there's probably the like words.
1: parentheticals in there and stuff for them.
0: Yeah, 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 probably. Always, always been curious about how that stuff is made. Yeah. Um, so anyway... I have a, I have a yes. friend who
1: does audiobooks. I should ask him.
0: Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to know. So we've been avoiding this big uh, news story for a while just because it was like a developing story and it's, it's like got a lot of... You know, alleged stuff going on in there. But uh, Jonathan Majors, the guy that's played Kang, supposed to be part of the MCU, obviously, a big part of the MCU coming up because that's going to be the next big villain in phase five and all that other stuff. It's literally called Kang Dynasty. And so we were looking forward to him being in there for a while. Um, still is, as of right now, as of recording, on. Uh, April 30th, uh, Marvel Studios hasn't said whether or not, he, when they, you know, he's moving forward. They haven't said if they're going to drop him or not. He he was dropped by his PR firm, so that's, that's not a that's not great news for him. Uh, but, yeah, what the story is, basically, I have a um, timeline pulled up. This was from five days ago, but it's I think it's still still uh, accurate and relevant. Um, so he's set to appear in court on May 8th for charges that are as follows. Um, he was arrested on charges of strangulation, assault, and harassment on March 26th. Shortly after his arrest, this is directly from the article, quote, shortly after Major's arrest, his lawyer released a statement claiming that the actor was in Innocent and that Majors was actually the victim of an altercation with the woman he knows. Majors' crisis publicist, who is also the husband of his attorney, so that's not great, uh, released text messages from the alleged victim in hopes that they would clear up Majors' involvement. That defense seemed to backfire as the text, some said, red light like they were written by a victim of abuse. So they're basically the text that the alleged victim uh, put out there. Were I'm trying to pull those up right now. Um, do, 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 do. They didn't
1: look good. I've read them, and they do not look good for majors. I'll just say that.
0: Right, she says in the in the text that she released. Um, She said, quote, I just want to know that I'm doing all I can on my end. The unverified text message reads, I also said to tell the judge to know that the origin of the call was to do with me collapsing and passing out and your worry as my partner due to our communication prior out of care. So, yeah, yeah, it just just looks like one of those like here. This is what you need to put out there. So people will think that I didn't do anything wrong.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and then a lot of other women have come out and yeah. kind of uh some things. So that's you know, that's that's always the moment when I think it starts to turn as is when it's a corrobor- co man, I cannot speak. Corroborated uh, cor- yeah. thank you. Yeah. A co corrobor- corroborated story. Yeah. Uh so yeah, that's um that's not great. You know, that's that's yep. uh a bummer. <laughs> yep, like it's a bummer said. that he did those things allegedly, yep. but allegedly, yeah. You know.
0: um, the, like you said, um, according to Variety. Quote, multiple alleged abuse victims of Majors have come forward following his march arrest and are cooperating with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office in the case. uh, Among the alleged victims is someone who apparently worked on Marvel's Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania in which Majors performs Kang. I think I read about that. That was somebody like in the the makeup or or special effects department or worked closely with him. Uh, So, yeah, you know, it's interesting that they, uh, Marvel hasn't, you know really said anything about this you know it's usually they want to get ahead of that kind of stuff and say whether or not they're either because they haven't said anything i don't think unless you've seen something yeah i that think happened. they're just
1: they're just like we're gonna see how this plays out before yeah. we do anything yeah um, which i think is the right move you
0: Yeah. Know? yeah man i was just thinking about this in terms of like where we are post endgame because you think about endgame and not even just the marvel stuff but also you know so many of those movies is a miracle that it happened that they kept all those guys on track. They kept all those guys under contract. All those all those actors and people, you know, behaved normally like a normal human being throughout all of this. You know, obviously referencing all of the... Uh, all of the Ezra Miller stuff that's going on yeah. it, it was just a miracle cuz you think about um when Endgame came out they got right under the wire of so much stuff like it came uh Endgame came out April late April of 2019 so 10 11, 11 10 months later we have you know the, the pandemic um so yeah, yeah. It just it, in context of all of this they really you know lightning struck and it was just a miracle that all of that stuff came together at the right time for all of that stuff to work really well
1: yeah, no, it's like I think about that a lot about how like what would, what would Marvel have done if it had just been a year later, if, uh, you know, yeah. if Endgame was supposed to come out in 2020. Yeah, That's the biggest movie. The Do they just delay everything three years? Because at least, you know, with the pandemic, it's like, OK, we'll push some things back. But, you know, it's it's the next like Endgame was the end of a lot yes. of those stories. Um, so it was kind of very uh Fortuitously timed, and now it seems like their luck has kind of ran out.
0: Yeah, and, yeah, like them and just DC with all of that stuff that's going on over there, and be very interesting to see what uh, what emerges from all this.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a. Uh... Yeah, we'll see.
0: Yeah. So some some lighter news, we got, um, so a bunch of uh, trailers debuted at CinemaCon last week. Uh, We have the Exorcist Believer trailer debut, this is the new movie from David Gordon Green, Um, so they they debuted a um, a trailer there of this. Um, What is your sort of relationship with the original Exorcist and the uh, subsequent movies from that, from the series?
1: I didn't even see The Exorcist till not that long ago mm-hmm. and I, I really, really enjoy it. Uh, it was not at all what I was expecting. Uh, I was expecting it to be, you know, kind of like the last 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's probably what this will end up being because I don't think that in today's modern landscape a big summer blockbuster can be as slow and thoughtful and just a like drama like the first one was it's probably just going to be a big spooky movie And knowing Dave and Gordon Green that's what's going to happen too like he what based on what his reboot of the Halloween series was soft reboot whatever you want to call it yeah which the first one was fine and the second two were garbage um yep. so i i never saw any of the rest of the exorcists you know I, I it was like that was a great movie and i didn't think that it needed to be added to at all i'm not opposed to it but i just never felt the desire to, to like, ah, what's happening with the two exorcist <laughs> prequels that were released at the same time yeah. or whatever.
0: Yeah. I remember seeing yeah. those and I thought, you know, there has some decent, uh, um, there has some good moments in there. I will say that, um, yeah, I didn't need a prequel. It's one of those things that didn't need a prequel. Um, if you've never seen mm-hmm. exorcist three, you know, that that's one of those that are thro- thrown around as like, you know, you got this is one of the scariest moments ever. One of the most, uh, uh um,
1: yeah, it was on that, that list that, yes. uh, that what it, shutter did it or whatever yes
0: yes and it is it definitely lives up lives up to the hype you know that moment in the in the hospital with the nurse and all that is one of the most one of the most uh um you know trauma building <laughs> it's such a huh. it's such a uh, uh scary moment and to it build its dread so so well um you know i don't know david gordon green look at his i'm just looking at his um I'm to be here, and it's just a, a weird melange of very strange projects he's taken on over the years. She had a movie called George Washington in 2000. I've heard of that. I haven't seen it. He does Pineapple Express in 2008, Your Highness in 2011, uh, Prince Avalanche, this very, like, it's a very uh, small character piece with um, Paul Rudd and Emile Hirsch in it as they're playing... Um, like uh, uh, road construction crew guys that are just there just sort of talking talking to each other about life and relationships and things like that. It's a very strange little movie. Um, I did enjoy it uh, quite well, though. Uh, He directed Joe in 2013. That's one of the movies that, you know, people ask... Uh, Nicolas Cage about, you know, what are the, what are your favorite movies you made in like this, this, you know, recent, most recent cage and he's, he points to recent stuff like Mandy and like um, Color Out of Space and like Pig, but, you know, he mentions Joe as well as being like one of those movies that really, you know, sort of brought him back <laughs> out of the, out of the wilderness that he was in when he was doing all of those like next and, and uh, what was the mm-hmm. other one pre- uh, no. Yeah, something. It was a weird, it had a weird name to it, but it was basically him, like, predicting the future. He did, like, a couple. Didn't he do, like, a couple, like, prediction, Guy Predicts the Future movies back to back? Yeah,
1: he did at least two, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was sort of the one he points to as being, like, this was the pivot point that sort of brought him into the world of, like... You know, Pig and Mandy and all of that stuff. So that was pretty good. Um, what else did he do? 2013. That was then. That was Joe. Uh, let's see. Because so I'm just pointing these all out just to say, like, he is capable of making movies that aren't, you know, like Halloween, like the Halloween remakes. He definitely has that in mm-hmm. him to make, like you said, a slow build, slow build thriller. And um, you know, I think the the stuff you're saying, like that, doesn't sort of gets butts and seats or gets people excited. But, you know, I think we're at this point where we're saying that, that, you know, phrase of, um, of um, what's the horror thing, where it's like elevated horror, you know, that's been a thing for a mm-hmm. while. People are like, okay, well, that's sort of, we're over that name. And so just give it, give us that, give us that horror thing. Give us that type of horror. And we won't sort of put it on a pedestal and be like, oh, this is going to be better than those other things, that other horror, because it's, we've had examples of, Not great uh, elevated horror and great elevated horror. So, I think we're now just at a place where okay, give us that, give us whatever. (laughs) We're (laughs) we're up for anything. And you know, David Gordon Green has done, like I said, great horror, not great horror. So, I like you said, I'm not really sure what's going to come out of this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I'll probably see it, but I don't really have any expectations for it, any high hopes or
0: anything. Exactly. Um, what is your expectation of the new uh, Avatar movie that's supposed to come out in 2025, which also came out of uh, the announcement came out of CinemaCon? Yeah, I
1: know they would announced this for a while, but I don't think there was any dates. Um, so right. and I know there's like a bunch of Avatar things in the work. So this is a uh, what what is this one exactly? Which which project is this?
0: So this is the project. Uh, let's see, uh, Paramount panel at CinemaCon revealed. Um, it's gonna be Ang, Katara, Sokka, Zuko, and Sokka and Zuko and Toph, that appear to be in their late twenties, early thirties. Toph. Sorry, okay, Toph. so it's it's like yes. okay, so
1: it's like the adult. Okay, so I know there's like a Kiyoshi one, and then there's yeah. um there's gonna be like a one about the another Firebender, and allegedly one about the Avatar after Korra possibly. Um, but yeah, yes. this is cool. This I'm excited for this. There's some really cool adult Aang flashback stuff. Uh, in uh, Legend of Korra, yeah. so yeah, I am I am really hyped for this. I'm a huge huge fan of Avatar and Korra, so this is gonna be awesome. I think this is gonna be really cool. I think a a movie is the right way to go for telling this kind of story, because ra- rather than having a whole another show surrounded surrounding Aang, you know, take you know doing that flash forward showing where these characters' lives have gone and maybe filling in some of the gaps that. Cora uh, started to show us where they these characters had gone because uh, those those parts were always very interesting so i'd be interested to see a movie on it
0: nice very cool um one more thing uh that debuted this week was a trailer for the new uh black mirror season it's been four years it seems like longer hasn't mm. it that since the last season i
1: thought it was like short i was like didn't the last one come out but i guess like that one with like miley cyrus was yeah. I guess that was four years ago. I don't four know. Like ago, I, yep. I I like I like Black Mirror, but I mean, there's still a lot of it I need to watch. Because it's like, you watch one and you're like, well, that was really depressing. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's yeah. like, what if your phone was the Twilight Zone? And you're like, fuck, I'm going to kill myself. And then you, you don't want to watch anything for a while. Uh, because they're all really, really a bummer. Uh, and uh, yeah, so... Uh, I mean, I like Black Mirror a lot. Um, I know that the reception to the last season was somewhat mixed. Yeah, um, was the, the Star Trek one with Fat Matt Damon from Breaking Bad? Was <laughs> yes. that that's a good was one that I last like, season? I, I that one was great. I have a Funko Pop might, from um, yeah. from, the, from the the woman in that.
0: So Nanette versus- Cole,
1: I remember. Yeah, I have, I have her. Yeah, the US is. It's, it's the Star Trek one I call it the Star Trek one
0: USS Callister was season 4 from 2017 yeah it's Jesse Pellemans Kristen Mialati Jimmy Simpson love that guy McCoy Cole yeah. Um I'm gonna say yeah, the last season, the the one that came out had well, between those seasons, between four and five, had the interactive movie Bandersnatch, which I don't know if you oh, played around. Fucking with.
1: love Bandersnatch. It was very I good. spent way too much very time good. going through every possible <laughs> ending of Bandersnatch.
0: Yeah, I love that one. Um we did one of the first podcasts we did um, was about striking vipers. Me and Dion talked about that one a lot of like, is it gay? Is it cheating? Is it <laughs> what is that? I haven't what seen is, that one. Oh dude, you gotta see that one. Is I need to watch most, it. I need to watch that one and then the Sanji nippero or whatever it's called San Junipero, yeah one of the one yeah. of the best episodes of all Black Mirror I have uh <laughs> my feelings on Black Mirror probably I have the strongest like hipster uh view of it of like it was better when it was not known people and it was better when it was three episodes and it was better when it was just you know this tiny little uh, passion <laughs> project that was made by some weird. You, so Britain. you liked it
1: when it was just like it wasn't like what if Technology got inside your brain and made you see yes. the memories of your ex girlfriend over and over. But you liked yeah. it when it was like, What if a guy had to fuck a pig? <laughs>
0: um, well, yes, but also there's 15 million, 15 million Merits was the first. And I have the Wikipedia pulled up. That's why I'm rattling all these off. But uh, 15 million, million Merits was a great episode that one of the first times I saw Daniel Kaluuya and everything. Uh, the one you just referenced and the entire history of you had uh, Jodie Whitaker in there. There, uh, before she was um, right. Doctor Who in 2011, um, yeah, some of the very early ones had. Again, it was just one of those things where it's, you look back on it with uh, probably um, rose-colored glasses because they were the first times you saw a lot of actors that would, that would blow up over the over the last 10 years. Demi Gleason was in Be Right Back, the one where um, you know. Spoilers for all of this, all this stuff, but um, have you seen a lot of this? So I don't spoil that for you.
1: I, no, I haven't seen a lot of it. I've okay. seen the the entire history of the Toby Kebbell one.
0: Yes, so yeah, around season one and two have some of my favorite ones. Be right back is is similar to uh, entire history of you. Um, let's see, White Christmas was a was a holiday special. It was. Uh, a, I've uh, seen that one. You've seen that one. Okay, yeah. that was one of the best ones. Yes, of of just like that idea of putting somebody in a in a time capsule and making them, you know, go a thousand years per minute. That was that was just psychotic. Um, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, then they with season three, they start getting into the more of the socioeconomic stuff of like Bryce Dallas Howard was in the one called Nosedive where um, everything you do has like a, you know, a, a social credit system to it. And she's, you know, at the beginning of the episode, she's like in that upper crust, hoity toity. Uh, part of society because her Social credit is high is high Enough but then you know things are going Sideways so her social credit starts going down um, Shut up and dance is One of my favorite but it's also probably The darkest bleakest Ones out there I don't know if you Have if you have seen that one
1: No you know my favorite one of my favorite Episodes of black mirror is that one episode Of community where they all <laughs> You know what I'm yeah. talking about where, no, Like they I've all never like become, like Oh, what are you doing with your life, I Damien? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, there's a, there. You'll know it as soon as you see it. There's an episode of Community that's basically just like a funny <laughs> black beer episode, okay. and it's this season went between Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, where Jonathan Banks was on uh, yeah. as one of the main <laughs> cast. That's awesome. You got to get on that. You got to watch that show. It's so good.
0: I, I really do. So this you, is, can, uh, you can do
1: something else when season four is on. You can like play your Tarkov or whatever while you're watching season four, but pay attention
0: for the other seasons. Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, So, yeah, this is uh, supposed to be coming out in June, so uh, pretty excited for that.
1: Cool. I mean, I'll get to it once I watch all the other Black Mirror stuff.
0: (laughs) In 20 yeah, years. Well, right, for the past yeah, tw- 10, 20 years. Um, you know, you got a little bit of, uh, you know, help on your side with the fact that the early ones were that sort of uh, BBC British, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, format where it's like, you know, three mm-hmm. episodes per season. The first, first two? Yeah, the first two were three episodes. Season, season three is one, two, three, four, five, six episodes. They get a little bit longer there. So you can pretty much binge the first two in like an afternoon.
1: Mm
0: And then uh, some of the saddest news uh, I've had to report on here (laughs) in a while. Um, Waypoint, uh, I've talked about this a bunch of times. If you go back, listen to uh, Best of the Year shows where I've talked about my favorite podcast of that year. I've always mentioned Waypoint as being one of, if not my favorite podcast I I listen to. It's one of those where when it's first released – When it first comes out i will listen to that you know right away uh waypoint for those that don't know was a it's a it's a video game journalism uh podcast but they also delve into you know the politics of of gaming politics of labor issues around around the um Game sphere around the um, you know publications and game game publishers, how they treat their employees, um, grind culture, um, all of that stuff. So it is it is one of those websites and one of those publications and one of those. Um, places that really sort of radicalized me, I guess you would say, um, towards, mm. you know, moving towards a more progressive uh, outlook on life and labor in general, or labor and life in general. Um, it was hosted by Patrick Klepek and um, Rob Zachney and Kato, uh, I forget his last name, and they just hired somebody last year Last year named uh, Renata Price. Um, there was some of the most... You know, in depth and thoughtful, and um, very eloquently spoken about about the games that they like and why they like them, and and all of that, and how they, you know, how they represent the world. I mean, art, art reflects life, right? So they they really are looking at games in a, in through a prism of this how this reflects life, uh, you know, accurately or not accurately, and really one of my favorite places to go for you know, in-depth, smart, um, very articulate, very... we call it a very critical uh, view of, of games. There are, you know, more more negative than positive on a lot of games. But when they are, when they love a game, you know that that will that will definitely tell you that that game is definitely worth playing if they give it their seal of approval. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Austin Walker helped found it. One of the f- smartest games writers working today. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 you know it's a little like um, it's you can sound very parasocial when you talk about this kind of stuff because you know you don't you don't need you don't know these people but you listen to them every day and you know they talk uh, uh, Patrick was just talking about going to see Super Mario Brothers with his wife and his kids and how much fun he had with that so when this stuff kind of stuff happens you do sort of uh, look at it from their point of view of like going home and telling them the news and, and you know because we live in a fucking dystopian hellscape you, you lose your jobs you lose your health insurance so it's all this fucking when, so when you hear about that stuff it is pretty devastating just to hear uh, about that um, I, listened, I started listening to Giant Bomb in like 2008 which is where uh, Patrick Kleber got his start and I was listening for a few years, and there was somebody on there named uh, Ryan Davis who started the show, was the founder of the show. <coughs> Excuse me, and he passed away uh, in 2013. Um, he had sleep apnea, and I think his pat machine uh, malfunctioned or something. And, and that was—you realize at that point of like, wow, this stuff really—it hits you, it hits you hard when you listen to this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, it might sound parasocial, yeah. but that is just you know how that how this stuff sort of shakes out when that stuff when that stuff happens, you know? Yeah, well, that's that's a major bummer, man. I'm sorry to yeah. hear that. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they, they probably will find their footing, but it also is just an indicative of a larger trend of, you know, smaller publications, not just video game publications, but, you know, local news media and local reporting and local journalism is dying in this country because the people in power want people to be stupid and want people to be uninformed. And this is the way you do that. You take away um, passionate journalis- uh, journalists that are very good at what they do, but need to be compensated for what they do. And because people aren't reading news anymore, reading, reading, uh, you know, written pieces and they don't watch this stuff, um, they the overlords think that it's not worth the time. It's not worth the effort. they just started a Waypoint Plus last year, which was basically their way. They they talked about this on the pod when they started it. They're like, we needed to have a mechanism in place to show the people in charge of like, hey, not only are we getting listenership, not only are we getting the downloads, not only not only are we getting the clicks on our on our articles, but we're also getting um, you know re- a revenue, not just from the ad revenue, but from actual people that they subscribe and they're giving us this money. And it was a it wasn't a Patreon thing. It was tied to Vice Media, which Right away, just fuck, fuck Vice, <laughs> fuck Vice Media yeah. for doing this uh, in general. Yeah. But just last year, just 18 months ago, they started this Waypoint Plus and it seemed to be going pretty well. And it's like, if you can't support a project like that based on a, you know, a revenue stream that was built just for those like four or five people, then what the fuck are you doing? You know, how, how is anybody supposed to support any sort of outlet that is making any sort of, you know... Uh, societal or trying to make a societal impact with their writing and with their gameplay and with their podcast, if that, if that sort of, um, not, not a template, but that, that sort of system, that sort of, um, you know, revenue stream, that's, that's directed to consumer. That's how this stuff is going to work going forward because people aren't going to just pay for, Oh yeah, let me just pay for vice media. Let me pay for a fucking subscription to vice media or a subscription to Los Angeles times. That's not how this works anymore. You have like, what did it, what, it, what it was is it's, you know, it's a very personality driven, um personally driven sort of uh i don't know what you call it but um the personally driven um division or project or whatever it is i subscribed to this because mm-hmm. i like the people you know i didn't like the yeah. Yeah, yeah. i didn't like the outlet itself i didn't like vice media i think their uh, <laughs> general yeah. articles that they put out are kind of fucking weird so i subscribed to the one specific um division of vice media and i said okay let me pay these people enough pay these people money pay them a living wage support this journalistic endeavor because a lot of people like it and it's that this is where this stuff is important and we need more of it not less of it so it's just just all around just just really shitty um i guess they did get a severance which they're like oh yeah we get one month to sort of um, get our duction in a row and they're getting a mm-hmm. severance and they're like well that's good at least and it's like not not really <laughs> Still, yeah it's not like,
1: very long a month that's crazy yeah,
0: it is crazy um I know I was gonna say something else, but I forgot what it was. Just had a bunch of stuff to say about it, but yeah, it, it, to, you you want you, you This country needs things like this because it is local. Mm-hmm. It's local reporting. It's um. Let me, oh, that's what I was gonna do. I was to sure some of the um names of the articles that they've 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 um published over the years, just to give you a sense of what they do over there. Um, one was called Project Hospital. The, the, the title of the articles are, one of them was, Project Hospital is a Great Way to Understand Our Broken Healthcare System, uh, written by Ian um, Twenty-three, A 23-Year Perfectionist Journey to Localize the Obscure Bahamut Lagoon, written by Patrick Klepik. How Sierra and a Disgraced Cop Made the Most Reactionary Game of the 90s, written by Duncan Fay. Uh, Faye. Um in God of War, Moms Come Last. In Thailand, Buddhist monks grapple with the meeting of video games. Uh, uh, next one was the 63-year-old retiree who broke a game looking for the end of the world. So it was, you know, I understand the stuff is very niche and it's very, like, you know, it's it's not something the general public is going to look for or try to get behind. But that's the point of it. That's the point of, like, Waypoint Plus of being like, hey, do you like this kind of stuff? Then, then you know, support it with your dollar. And I, I, I thought... Going into this, or going up, you know, coming up to this announcement, I thought a lot, a lot, enough people were putting their uh speaking with a dollar, and enough dollars were going into it to <laughs> keep it alive for for the for you know at least the short term for at like, least at least another couple of years, but apparently not. So yeah, just yeah. this really sucks. Just really but sucks. It
1: sucks. If somebody who works freelance and who has a Patreon, um yeah. you know, like I, I get it. It's it's fucking shitty and. You know, you never, you never know how those things are going to go, and uh, if you have to rely on those things, uh, it's it's very dangerous, you know, and because thing you can get the rug pulled out you from you immediately like this, so uh, it's really a shame.
0: Yeah, that was the other thing um, I was going to mention. You helped me uh, trigger it. Um, you know, it's it's like I said, it's a thing you want to do, it's a thing I want to do, and stories like this, events like this, make it. Harder to for, for you to pursue yeah. a career um, in this in this industry because as we were talking about on the podcast they did they released yesterday after the news broke of like you know over the past 10, 15 years it's just getting harder to find people to come into the field definitely harder to keep them in the field and definitely harder to attract them and this this news is just is going to make all this that shit harder to find people that are going to want to do this because they mm-hmm. want to you yeah. you, uh, you know it's they were saying it's not for the money but it has to be at a certain point because you have to support your your family with this with this career and with this uh career path and it's gonna it just shit like this just is gonna you know scare away more and more people from wanting to try to break into it
1: yeah absolutely yeah. it's 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 really tough out there you know and yeah vox has been kind of notoriously in the recent months like cutting back a lot and a lot of people have been losing their jobs and it's Pretty awful.
0: It's pretty bleak out there, is what they were saying. (laughs) It's just like, how much money are you saving? Like, you're not going to save – you're not going to fucking, you know, keep the doors open at Vice by by shuttering this one little division. Because as far as I know, it was Patrick, it was Rob, it was a couple of our producers in the podcast. And the whole division itself couldn't have been more than, like, 10 or 15 people. It's like, if you're only paying those guys, like, you know, minimum wage or whatever, the minimum for – that sort of thing is they couldn't have saved that much by letting those guys go. So it's just like, what are you, what are you trying to do here? You know, yeah, it's crazy. So anyway, let's get to uh, some stuff we've been watching. Uh, but I did a question. Have you know we're about five months into the year, um, four or five months into the year. Have you seen anything that you would think you think you are going to look back on at the end of the year and say this is probably some of the best, one of the best things? Have you seen anything that comparable to uh, everything everywhere from last year?
1: I mean, I wouldn't say comparable to that, but there's some th- There's two things that I saw recently, where I was like, "This is maybe going to be on my top ten list come the end of the year, depending on how strong the rest of the year is." Uh, and those two things are: I mentioned in the last podcast we did, Dungeons and Dragons, and really, really digging that. But I also watched this week Tetris, um, which was a very weird, interesting spy thriller. Uh, which you're like, a movie based on Tetris, and you're like, no, no, it's because it's based on, like, the story of getting the rights, which is actually kind of compelling and interesting. And they do the thing that all these biopics do where they spice it up a little bit. But, yeah, it it is kind of a really fun, cool spy thriller with some weird, interesting video game aesthetics thrown in and some great performances. Uh, and it's, it's kind of, I like the message to it where it's talking about uh, just, it's got, it's set in, like, you know, 88 is when that it was all going down. So, it's right as the Soviet Union is falling and it's kind of got all these themes about capitalism and and uh, communism. And neither one is really portrayed positively or at least they're portrayed neutrally. And it's kind of shown that like, yeah, both of these systems are easily corruptible and corrupt people on both sides are really taking advantage of both capitalism and communism and neither one's necessarily good or bad. Uh, it's just that people are going to abuse those systems for any kind of gain whatsoever, uh, which is not something I expected from a Tetris movie, but it was, it was very good. I, I liked it quite a bit.
0: So, so what is the story behind that? Because the guy invents the, invents the Tetris. Did he get the rights? Like, uh, not to spoil it. I he, guess, so but, he had no rights yeah.
1: because he invented it in Soviet Russia And, you know, it was the property of the state, essentially. And it's just kind of this madcap dash between all of these different interested parties to try and get the rights from the uh, Soviet uh, company. It's it's called a company, but it's really a government-run thing that runs all of the Soviet video games. And it's just all these different parties kind of just running in and doing all this spy stuff and people trying to play against each other, like play, not like play Tetris, but like, you know, kind of play the, you know, the, the, it's almost like an episode of the Americans, but like with way lower stakes. Uh, (laughs) So I, I really dug it. And it's, it's, it's kind of hard to describe. And even when you're watching the movie, it's kind of hard to keep track of like, okay, what this guy has the Japanese arcade rights, but this guy lost the rights to the computer games, but the handheld is now being introduced, and so it's a, it's a lot to kind of. It's one of those movies like it's almost like a Nolan movie where you're like, there's a lot of plot happening right now. I just kind of just got to let it wash over you. Um, <laughs>
0: so, but yeah, it's it's a it's good. Nice, very cool. Um, that's on Apple TV Plus, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Apple TV Plus original. Original, yes, yes, yes. Uh, let's see, let me uh, squeeze in one thing I, I did watch this week. I haven't been watching too much doing that Tarkov stuff, but <clears throat> I went out to see um, Evil Dead Arise. Let me just tell you about my theater-going experience. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Sit, uh, oh, boy. For this, oh, man. Strapping, strapping Damon, for tell me
1: about Tell me about the people yeah. in the theater that ruined this movie for you Strap
0: in by body. talking
1: quietly <laughs> and eating their popcorn.
0: <laughs> no, man. It's worse than that. Way worse than that. Um, <laughs> so I get there, and It's busy. I can tell it's going to be a packed theater. Um, Just from when I walk in, there's like at least like seven or eight people in line. So I get behind one line. There's two separate lines. I get behind one of them. Seems to be moving pretty quickly. Get up to the front there. The guy in front of me is like 17, 18, maybe even younger. Has a younger brother. He's trying to buy stuff for his brother. He's got like $12. So he's like, oh, let me get the snacks. Oh, yeah, but I only got $12. Oh, okay. Well. All right, Let's try this. Maybe that thing's worth it. no. Okay. Just just fiddle it around. Fiddle around with his money, fiddle around with doesn't know what he wants. Okay. Stand there for like five or six minutes. I go to the other line. Other line starts moving up. A lady in front of me looks at the uh little coffee pods, you know, those little thingies, and she's like, Oh, you have coffee here? Oh boy, oh boy. Oh, yo guy. What do you got here? You got a little uh you got caramel? Oh boy, maybe can let me get caramel? Oh, maybe get this other one? Oh. You spin around this little uh little carousel with all the little Tide Pods on it and Tide Pods, yeah, coffee pods on it. And she's like, Oh boy, this is interesting. I've never seen coffee like this before. Like lady, you kidding me right now? So I've been there for like, you know, at least 10 minutes now. Like the movie's about to start. I'm like, come on, really? Jesus Christ. Finally, get come on, you've only,
1: you've only got 20 more minutes of previews and then, and then the regular opening and then Nicole yeah. Kidman opening and yeah, then exactly. the movie starts.
0: So unfortunately I don't see that Nicole Kidman here. We have, uh, it's a it's a sort of independent theater. It's like it's called. Um, I think it's owned by.
1: How can you watch? Wait, how can you watch a movie in a theater without Nicole? It doesn't make any sense know, to me. I know. Do you at I least know. have Danny Trejo coming out and doing his whatever weird bad one that it's, he does?
0: It's possible, but I got there late, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Anyways, get it in the theater. First time ever, or first time in a long time, somebody's in my seat. We do assigned seating here. I'm, I'm assuming it's the same over there, right? It's it's assigned seating is kind of everywhere now, right? Yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah. It's, so, you
1: you got you, you to gotta pick the seat before you go. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So I do that. I have my seat ready, um, ready to go I go up to my seat. Somebody's in there. It's like, sir, this is my seat. He's like, oh, sorry. He moves down one seat to my left. It's like, OK, I settle in. Two seconds <laughs> later, somebody walks up the, the aisle, says to the guy, hey, you're in my seat. He, he moved again to the wrong seat. He's like, he knows yeah. this. The guy knows this. Right. So the guy and his girlfriend get up. They go to the front of the theater. Apparently what happened was the guy came in the theater into the front and somebody took his seat. So he was like, ah, fuck it. I'll just go grab some random seat. <laughs> and so he walks to the front of the theater. Apparently starts arguing with the guy for like four or five minutes as the movie is starting to started to, uh, to start up there. And he's, he's sitting there just arguing with a guy. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? I was about to go get an usher, but they found the guy admitted or whatever that he fucked up and moved to another seat. I was like, all right, finally. And the theater is packed, dude. Like, every seat is taken. Um, so the movie starts and, you know, fucking, like, like you said, popcorn, uh, candy wrappers, people on their phone. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Just, just, it wasn't enough. People weren't doing enough so I could be like, hey, Put your fucking phone away. It's like, you know, 30 seconds here, 45 seconds there, whatever. So that was my theater going experience. That was a thing around the movie. That was, yeah.
1: No, that's that's a tr- that's
0: truly a tragedy, Damon. I'm,
1: I'm sorry <laughs> to hear that, that yeah. it ruined that mediocre movie for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was not great. I'll tell you why. So uh, this is, let me pull up all the stuff. You'll Dead Rise. This is directed by Lee Cronin, who did an A24 uh, elevated horror movie like you we were talking about, Le- elevated horror earlier. One of those A24 the, joints. A24 joint called Hole in the Ground from 2019. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. I don't know if you have. Uh nope I have not nope. okay so it's directed by Lee Cronin, uh stars Mira. Nearby piece. She plays Teresa. We have Richard Crouchley play playing Caleb. Uh, Anna Marie Thomas playing Jessica, and uh, Lily Sullivan is playing her sister Beth, I believe. Or no, sorry, Alyssa Sutherland is Ellie. She becomes. She is the first first one to be possessed. This is a gross movie. I, I like the grossness. I like the uh, extent to the to the to the. Uh, I like the way the ex- the, the extent to which <laughs> they did. They included the grossness because there was bones breaking, uh, jaws being. Un, unhinged, broken off uh, faces, smushed. I like all that stuff. Give me, give me more of that. You know, I think I think we've talked mm-hmm. about this before, but I am that guy. I'm the the body horror guy. I'm like you. You can't go far enough uh, in my book for the in the grossness department. So this definitely satiated my 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 love for all of that. Um, so that was a good part. Uh, the, some of the not great parts is, you know, you've seen Evil Dead, right? See Evil Dead one, two. Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: I've seen What's like other? I've seen all of them in bits and pieces and then okay. I've, I've seen the tw- we covered the 2013 one.
0: Hmm. What did you think of the 2013 one?
1: Uh, I liked it uh, I think it has a really strong it lags a lot in the middle but it has a really strong final act is so is this better or worse than that one?
0: I haven't seen the the remake so I couldn't tell you Oh, exactly. it's really good
1: I, re- I yeah. do like it like like I said a little bit a little bit dull in the middle but it really like that like final act really kicks it in the height gear.
0: Yeah, this does too. Um, you know, I think this is this is more indicative of like an overarching like culture thing of when when we do remakes now we have to make a, um, a an oblique but a. Um a, a, an obvious reference to its source material right um uh, so i like you like you i haven't i'm not a evil dead connoisseur i'm not a <laughs> aficionado of the evil dead world but i know the touchstones i know all of those things that come from those movies uh the chainsaw the boomstick uh come get some all that stuff right uh Booy- what's yeah booyah what's what does it booyah? say booyah Booyah? Yeah. I, oh, Groovy. Groovy. That's what he groovy, says. Groovy. Yes. Groovy. Yes. Um, did the 2013 version have that stuff in it?
1: It's, yeah. It's It's got, like, it's like, okay, well, she's got to lose the arm. That's the thing. She's got to have the, like, tree doing the thing. The camera's uh, got to fly have,
0: through, like, a crazy... Yeah. The, yeah. the, the,
1: ca- the Sam Raby, yeah. you know, camera fly through, the, the possessed, you know, the dead-eyed scene, the you know the evil arm, uh, the boomstick, all, all that those those were there. And Jane Levy is is the really the the thing that rises raises that movie because she is phenomenal and, and that's very underrated actress. I was on another podcast recently talking about most underrated actresses, and she was on the list.
0: Yeah, um, so all of that stuff is in here. Um, but was there the a cabin th- though?
1: These movies are supposed to happen in <laughs> fucking cabins, not apartment buildings, Damien. That's the thing that's like. I, yeah. I want to see a cabin. I want to see a spooky cabin. I don't want to yes. see, like, apartments, like, 12B or whatever.
0: <laughs> um, it starts in a cabin. That's the cold open. But then it does transfer to a, an apartment building, which, again, it's like talking about uh, – um, you know, the way people live now, this person, this woman is a, you know, working mother, working single mother, and her apartment is, you know, it's a dilapidated building, so I'm assuming it's, the rent is pretty low. But every kid, she has, like, three kids, and each kid has their own, like, massive room. She has this, like, massive uh, um, living room and other living spaces. It's, it's a massive uh, living space she has in here. Um but it's just the 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 tone of the movie is very serious because you have you know, it's about a mother trying to trying to uh, protect her kids and the, and the mother gets possessed so it's it's got that stuff uh, in there um, but then it also like I said it has references to the original Eva Dead movies and like I said I'm not an expert on them but I know I know them when I see them right it's like porn you know when you, you know when you see it so when she when they're saying like dead by dawn dead by dawn and like come get some like oh that's that thing from the other movie but this character would never say that because it's an awful right, thing right to say. it's
1: like why are you saying like why is John McClane saying the cowboy line like it makes no <laughs> sense in this context
0: yeah. Yeah, so that that sort of that was like I would say it was a road bump. It wasn't wasn't enough to like ruin the movie for me, but it was just like I said, an odd thing to put in this movie that has the tone of a more dour and serious horror movie. But then you're trying to inject the over the top absurdness of the earlier movies into this, and those two things don't really mix very well together. Um, But like I said, very very well done um, practical effects. There's a scene in here which I won't spoil, but there's there are actually several scenes in this movie where, where they they have the actual actors in there. Um, some of the best child acting I've seen in a horror movie, just because it's like I said, it's it's um, it's all practical. You can tell these people are in these scenarios they're covered just covered head to head to head to to toe in blood um a lot of references to the shining in here which is pretty cool but yeah it was um it gave me everything i wanted in a horror movie not not necessarily an evil dead movie because i wasn't really looking for uh that stuff didn't want it um like i said that was a speed bump in there but uh, overall yeah great great hour and a half little uh little blood fest so okay
1: i mean i i yeah i was like one of those movies like maybe i'll watch it you know but i don't I've probably got too much else I need to watch yeah. first, especially now that the summer is going to be kicking up. Oh, are we yeah, going so to do the we never, Amy, are we going to do the summer movie wager? We are going to do that.
0: Um, we It's, can't not, on actually, the, it's not on the list. We can't uh, divulge our well. We can we can divulge our picks, but um, yeah, as we can far divide as like, the,
1: Yeah, all sure. Because right, I thought we were going to do that today.
0: I didn't. I didn't have it on a list because um, the global list isn't available until the fifth. So
1: Well I can well yeah, we can go, go through
0: our picks though, right? Sure, sure, we can do that. You wanna do that now? Yeah, we can do that right now. Yeah okay yeah i have my list pulled up. I'll, I'll give you i'll go through mine while you pull up yours um so i listened to the slash Filmcast, listened to their picks mm-hmm. uh their episode um and they were talking about how a lot of the picks are going to be the same for them they were going as they're going through them i think they until they hit like the fourth or third spot uh they mm-hmm. were all exactly the same they're all carbon copies of each other so i will be interested to know if we mm-hmm. uh if we both have the same picks as well Yeah.
1: well we had last year i don't know do you remember what happened last year
0: uh, we were close. I can remind you. We were very yes, close. Ahead.
1: You were, like, way ahead of me for a while. You were, like, 13 points to me throughout, throughout, like, the whole summer. Yes. And literally, in the last week, I went up... You, you dropped down, like, two points. And yes. I dropped up, like, one point <laughs> And I finished with 47. You finished with 46. Yeah. <laughs> I beat you by one Insane. point in the last week because you had... You, what was it? You, because you, you didn't put Bullet Train or something like that That's train, on your list yep. at all, bullet and I had dark, me. I had it as a dark horse, and so <laughs> that was the me. difference.
0: Yeah, I didn't, it I was, didn't was see. Was it Bullet Train or, train or
1: was it? It was um. Oh, what was this? It was like a spooky Scott Derrickson movie. What was that movie? The what's like a kidnapper, the Snatcher, the one based on the <laughs> well, book by Stephen King's son, the Black Phone. The Black Phone. Yeah, I think yeah. that I had that as a dark horse too, and you didn't. So that like propelled me. It did. Um, I,
0: yeah, so thank <laughs> so God for the dark horses coming cl- clutch for me. Yep, so you're you're one ahead of me. Is uh, if somebody remove you wager? Yeah, um, the stakes defending are you are. champion, defending champion. Exactly, exactly. So let's go ten to one. Um, <laughs> I'll say my number well, ten. Well, yeah. Say,
1: we get,
0: what are the stakes? What are what the stakes? Are, uh, let's let's est- establish this. Assign a movie yeah. to each other. We'll do the same thing they do. Uh, so whoever wins, we'll assign the other a uh, good or bad movie. We'll see. Well, we'll, find well a don't we movie. both have to watch it? We pick
1: a movie well, for thought, us to
0: review, right? Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be a thing where, yes, like they do on the show, they'll, they'll they'll assign a terrible movie, and then they have to everybody yeah, has to we, watch this. Yes, exactly, exactly. Okay. So
1: I can be like, I hate, I hate. This is a, a movie that I think is ridiculous, um, or you know, it's something like I don't think you would watch, and I can pick it.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'll I'll, right. I'll I'll pick for you some uh, some very f- pretentious arthouse, art, art house <laughs> four hour art house film that you have to you have to trudge through. <laughs> well, I mean, it,
1: you, if you win, which won't happen,
0: but uh, we'll, we'll see, my friend. We'll, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. We'll see. So let's get started. Number ten. I have the Meg 2, the Trench. I got a lot of enjoyment out of the out of the first one. I love, I love the absurdness of it. I love seeing Jason Statham in a in a absurdist world. I think I'm trying to think if he was ever been in a, like a weird sci-fi monster movie before. And the only big like bombastic thing he's done are like the Fast movies, right?
1: Uh, Jason's, I don't know. Like, I'm not a big Statham guy. I, no, really? he, what, where was those movies where he's, he's got a, like his heart's gonna stop or whatever? Those oh, are big yes, and bombastic. Yes, yes. The, uh,
0: the, um, yeah, what were they called?
1: Yeah, it's, it's like the same guys who directed Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was it really? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to find it. So let me, as I look for that, tell me your number 10 pick.
1: So my number 10, and I like really, like the bottom half of my list, I kept like, shuffling the spots so yep. this was tough because I think there's to me there's 10 clear ones um, just like the summer movie guys I, but I think the order is what it comes down to and so I picked Oppenheimer uh, Nolan is st- probably one of two or three guys that has a big enough name to have a box office draw where it's not part of a franchise or any established IP I guess Oppenheimer is an actual person but um, I think that that's enough to put him at probably 10. That's enough to get him in like the, you know, $200 million range, which I think that that's probably going to be the one of the bottom couple spots of the top 10 because there's a lot of big, big hitters. But this, So this one I think will be hanging around but not quite cracking the top of the list. So got Oppenheimer down there at the bottom. Yeah, I and it's a opening in the same day as something else I have on my list, too. So
0: <laughs> Something else. I wonder what that is. Yeah. Um, so I'm just looking through uh, Nolan's uh, box office record. Um, so the first Batman movie, let's see, where was it? It was just here. Uh, $373 million with $150 million budget. Um, this, you the said that, that's Batman, though. That's like Batman has like a IP, you know? Batman is IP, um, and his non-IP stuff like Interstellar still made 700 million. Um, That's worldwide, five- though. This is domestic. True, 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 true. I keep forgetting that. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I did. I I probably put it too high, but yeah. Um, I don't know. People people in the U.S. love bombs. We love uh, all this. Stuff. We we, we <laughs> people in the U.S. love doing war crimes. So you know, I think they'll come <laughs> out for this one.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I said, I think I think people are gonna see it, just not as much yeah. as the other movies on
0: this list. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, my number nine is Elemental. I think the trailer just dropped, just recently. Um, of this. this is the new Pixar movie. This is, like you said, um, they they do movies like What if? What if feelings had feelings? What if emotions had feelings? Uh, what if they were anthrop- what if feelings were anthropomorphized? Uh, what if, this is? Mm-hmm. What if elements were people? So that that's what that is. That looks interesting.
1: Yeah, I I got also Elemental in my number nine spot here. Nice. I you know I think yeah this is. Uh Pixar is a big box office draw, but recently with them basically getting shut uh since the pandemic struck, sent to Disney Plus exclusively up until Lightyear, uh, which yeah. really underperformed. Um yes. this I think probably that is gonna be a better movie than Lightyear. Um, but I think the Pixar brand has been hurt a little bit, so that's why it's way down here at number nine for me. But I am excited for the movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with everything you said. It's probably gonna make you know, I don't know, three, three hundred million, two fifty. So that's probably where it's gonna sit at the in, the in the list at the end of the day. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that was my number nine and your number nine. Uh, mm-hmm. let's see, let's see, my number seven or sorry, my number eight Wait, is. Eight. Eight, eight, Yeah, is the Flash? I think. Um, you know, the early reception of this movie is it's pretty good, even to great. <laughs> I've seen some uh, some TikToks and some video breakdowns of people like, yeah, apparently uh, people coming out to me like this is great. This is one of the best movies since Endgame this is one of the best superheroes movies since Endgame. This is uh, actually pretty, pretty incredible movie. So I don't know if that's that's if that's uh, in line of what you've heard about this film.
1: Yeah, I've heard, I heard some good things about this movie, uh, yeah. and uh, that's all I'll say for now. Uh,
0: okay. What is your number eight?
1: Uh, my number eight is, and I know this is a little bit lower than a lot of people had it, but I think there's just too much competition, uh, and this series has been steadily declining in terms of popularity and box office returns, not internationally, but domestically. I think that's probably why you have it higher, is because you're thinking of international, but I have Fast yeah. X. Fast ten your seatbelts. Um, <laughs> I can't take credit for that. I stole that. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, this is this is number eight. Maybe it's a little bit low, but I think this movie is going to be not a bomb, but a little bit of a disappointment in, compared to the other ones. And it's it's like this is the set the end, but not the actual end. That's the next one. So it's like. <laughs> alright well that's the one that everybody's gonna maybe show up for so this is just like the part one or whatever um, two of these movies are that but I'll come with the other one later
0: yeah they, they do they always do very well um, like you said uh, internationally they do very well these movies do do bonkers in China and places like that so yeah mm-hmm. they should do well domestically as well uh, that was your number eight. eight. Uh, my number seven eight. is Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Um, they were talking on the on the Filmcast. I wasn't really. They convinced me to put this in here because I wasn't really. This was on my radar at all. Um, you know, I think I as a as a youngin, as a young boy, <laughs> you went to the theater, mm-hmm. two thousand seven, saw the first one. I was like, holy crap, this is incredible. Some of the most. You were like t- like twenty when that
1: movie came out, Damien. Sure, you.
0: I was a youngin. I was a young boy. <laughs> Fresh out the womb, had <laughs> had no beard, had a had a nice head of hair. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna call myself a young young lad right, at that enough. point. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I was like 22 when that movie came out. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, some they gotta get back to like doing that kind of stuff of being like the best the the best sort of example of what we can do with CGI nowadays. Because I, I, I maybe looking back on it, it doesn't it doesn't hold hold, hold up very well, but Maybe um, this will be an example of that. Of just like this is this is um, this is cinema, baby. <laughs> it looks good.
1: It looks good. Yeah. I'm gonna see it. You know But yeah. I think the Trans- Transformers have had also diminishing returns. Yes. On some of their box office returns domestically, especially. Yes, 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 indeed. Uh, what is your number seven? My number seven is the other one that is coming out on the same day as Oppenheimer, and that's Barbie. Uh, Barbie. The Greta Gerwig film. Yeah, this is really weird there's been a lot of buzz and hype surrounding this movie uh so it looks really good uh i think that people are excited it's somehow become a four quadrant film uh so a lot of bill bros are really excited for it uh and i think people are gonna take their little girls to it and stuff um but uh yeah i think this is gonna do very very well
0: yeah, I mean, it's uh, got that name brand recognition of Greta mm-hmm. Gorig and, and Barbie, yeah, <laughs> and, and Ryan guests.
1: Gosling and, and uh, Ryan.
0: yes, and um,
1: uh, Margo Robbie, yes. and just a bunch of people.
0: A lot of people are in this. Um, yeah. What's his name? Uh, um, who's the Asian actor that was in? Uh, uh, C- Simi Liu, Simu Lee, yep, uh, Barbie, yep. yes. He was in. He's going to be in that. A Whole bunch of people are, are going to be in this. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you, uh, it's going to seem like that. The the trailer. I don't know. I don't know if you watched the trailer, so I don't know if you want to know more about it. But I, it definitely... I've seen.
1: I've seen like the trailer just before movies okay. and stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's got. It's probably going to be like that. Um, what is it? Not not Lego movie, but um, was that movie about uh, characters like we're in, the, we're in the fake world and we can go, we can go to the real world and wasn't there like a some kind of some some sort of toy movie where they went from. I
1: mean, you know, they do that in the Lego movie. They go from they like th- to the real world at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert for a movie that yeah, came out like 2014.
0: Of, yeah. <laughs> so uh, there was something I was thinking about that they had this sort of uh, same sort of idea. I forget what it was, but anyways, yeah, it's it's. I don't, you know, when we heard about this. It was like, what the fuck, Barbie by Greta Gerwig. So, you know, it's it's hopefully going to have some deeper ideas at, at play there of like you know consumerism and body dysmorphia and. You know, all that stuff in there is probably going to be there, right? Yeah, no, it's it's
1: I, like, it's like one of those movies where it's like, what is this even going to be? Like, yeah. the trailers like, it seems very interesting. Uh, I'm very curious to see what it's all going to be about.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to see this before Oppenheimer. So I'm going to do like a matinee, Barbie, then have a drink, <laughs> have a martini, yeah. put on my three-piece suit and go see Oppenheimer later on at night.
1: <laughs> I think you're doing it backwards, but okay.
0: <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, yeah. You see,
1: you see Oppenheimer— uh-huh. And then and then you get down and then you see Barbie and you brings put on you, out, you up. get go get classy and you go <laughs> see Barbie and it brings you back up.
0: Right, right, yeah. Uh let's see. So that was my what were we just doing? Number seven? Your seven, yeah. Your, that was your seven. Okay, yep. Six, is, my six seven, is Barbie. Yeah. Six is Barbie. Okay, yes, that. I just talked about that. So what is your number six?
1: Uh my number six is uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One, one of the clunkiest yeah. titles for yeah. a movie ever made. Uh, it's quite low. It's 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 number six, you know. Um, I think people are expecting to do the to for this to do Top Gun money. Uh, and yeah, if it did yeah. Top Gun movie, it would be like four times as successful as any previous Mission Impossible movie. Uh, I think this will probably be the most successful Mission Impossible movie, but. Uh, for it to crack the top, like e- even three, it would have to overperform on an astronomical level. And I think it's going to overperform on a regular level, astronomical <laughs> level.
0: Right. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think it will sort of ride that wave from Top Gun, you know, not just because it's Tom Cruise, but because movies are back, baby. They just are. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it, it's, it's good. I don't think it's going to, you know, these these – Top Gun movies always do in like the 200 to $300 million range. And um, if this, unless this goes doubles, triples that that's where it's going to sit is right around number five or six. So I've got it at six just because I've got some other bigger ones, some more super movies ahead of it. <laughs> more say. super movies.
0: Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, so yes, number five for me, I got Oppenheimer in there. Um, yeah, I, th- I think you're right that I sort of over-exaggerate. I sort of um, forget about that this is the, this is only domestic. I think his movies do pretty well overseas. But, um, yeah, I think it's a giant movie. I think it's a giant story. Um, I think people are looking to get into a theater again to see um, a Nolan movie after only— I think a lot of people only saw Tenant at home because it was really, really one of the first movies put out there after, during the pandemic. So I think people are jonesing for that Big theatrical sound that you get. You, get you have to. You have to go. Or maybe to a wait, wait.
1: Maybe it's like the inner Ho 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 You know, the organ? But I imagine that's an organ. It's not a voice. Right. I
0: love that score. And we were talking. Me and Dion. So and- fucking good. It's so I saw Hans Zimmer at Coachella yeah. and
1: I fucking lost my goddamn
0: mind. <laughs> Dion hated this. I don't know if he hated it, but he was like, oh, yeah, just repeats. It just goes. Just over and over again. It's like, yeah, that's the point. That's the point. It's builds, it building tension. It's the fucking, he was talking about the scene when he has to, uh, when he has to dock with the station that's, you know, rotating super fast. And he's like, yeah, just, just, just dock, man. Just stop with the buildup. It's like, come on. <laughs> you contrarian you goddamn huh. philistine contrarian troglodyte piece of f- <laughs> anyways <laughs> uh so yeah oppenheimer, oppenheimer number five i think it'll i think it'll what do number five usually make they have to hit what like six hundred thousand domestic I mean, it's, it's, it's weird because
1: get- it's like it's it's yeah you uh, not maybe not that much but like like it may be in like the four it, it depends on the year and it's the last yeah. few years obviously have been you know affected by covid less so last year but this might be the first year where we have a quote unquote normal summer um so it's hard to say it is very hard to say
0: uh what is your number five
1: uh my number five is the flash yeah like you said this is a movie that people have been talking about really positively this seems like it's going to be a very big event. They're bringing back, like you said, Michael Keaton. That's going to get a lot of people in. They are really promoting the hell out of this thing. It's getting a lot of positive feedback. I think this is going to be big, DC's biggest movie in quite some time. You've got two different Batman in it from two different eras. I think like it's only... like People don't really give a shit about The Flash, but it's like kind of the culmination of this quote-unquote Nolan universe that's been going on. The like DC extended universe is going to be kind of retconning that and putting that on the and the new, I know DC has had some misses, but I think that's because people are like, why do I care about Shazam two? At least partially they're like, I don't care about Shazam two. Nothing. It's not going to matter because the flash <laughs> is going to be reset. This is like the end game of yeah. the, and it's obviously going to not going to do end game numbers. Cause people don't have the same emotional connection, but it's going to be, the equivalent of that for what we've seen in the DC film so far. So I think that puts it solidly at least at number five.
0: Yeah. I'm uh, very excited to see what's, you know, how they're going to stick to landing. Cause it's, it's just a land. It's not even a landing. It's just like, <laughs> all right, here's the last one of this other story that never got, to tell its real story, and it didn't everly really a chance to get off the ground. So ta da! I guess. <laughs> yeah. Here's the ending of this thing. That's not gonna matter in like two years. But okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's gonna be, be interesting to see of like if just if they know that, right? I wonder if. If this was in the, in the time that's been delayed, if they've gone in and like edited stuff to be like, we're gone, guys, we're all going to die. And we're, if they're all like metaph- metaphorized into somebody else or what, what like, what are they going to put on a stinger of this of just like here's the next, look at that. Oh, there's a new world coming in here and it's, they all transform into like <laughs> different people. That'd be insane. So I'm very interested to see if there's like, what, what kind of stinger they put on to the end of this movie. Right. Cause they've had time to do that. Cause in, in the time that James Gunn has come on board, he probably, he probably has time to like, you know, re-edit this or, or put something in there that is a transition to his universe.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, like, I think it's, you know, it's going to be like the flashpoint in the comics, which kind of reset things. Yes. So, yeah, it's going to be, you know, basically a way for them to kind of like keep what they like from these movies and reset it into a new continuity. Um, so, you know, the the James, all the stuff that James Gunn has announced is going to be starting here. So, this is going to be, I think, a pretty, quote unquote, important film. So, I think people are going to pay attention to it for that reason. Indeed.
0: Okay. And people let's are get...
1: excited to see what the, the new direction is going to be, where the new G- James Gunn stuff, and this is going to lead into that. So,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, let's get to number four. My number four is Spider-Man Across the the Spider Verse. Yeah, this was a huge, huge, huge movie when this when this came out. Still rated as one of the best uh, superhero movies like ever made. <laughs> let's just put it out there yeah it just is you know people point to that as like yeah this is how you do a good good spider-man movie this so you do a good multiverse movie i think the the this definitely ushered in this era of multiversity that we're in right now um so it be very, very interesting to see um how they present that in uh, in a way that we haven't sort of seen before because they were sort of the ones that sort of pioneered um this new era that we're in um could be interesting to see like how they're going to what kind of new stuff they do with the animation because again sort of talked about the stuff that it pioneered it very much we'll talk about the, talk about that movie that they, they Talk about the, you know, the ones and the twos, and it's a thing that people don't ever talk about when they talk about animation of, like, this thing in the foreground was in twos and fours, and the thing in the background was in, in the, the, the twos or whatever. So it's so interesting how they everyone was able to sort of break this movie down and sort of talk about the the production of it and the construction of it and the creative side of that. So it'd be very cool to see um, if the... Uh, you know production team behind that was aware of that and aware of the how nerdy and how granular people got with the first one and see if they put that stuff in there so very 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 excited for this movie
1: yeah um that'll lead really well into my number four which is also spider-man across the spider-verse
0: nice
1: um this is you know i also love the first one uh this one looks like it's going to be just as good it's maybe maybe even better upping the stakes in a lot of ways like you said it is a very paradigm shifting um film not just for like superhero stuff but for animated movies uh, i just watched this video essay which you know i know we talked a lot of shit on vox earlier but this was an interesting <laughs> video essay that they did talking yeah. about um the animation style and how for years and years Everything was just trying to copy Pixar because that was successful. And then this came out and did something different instead of trying to have this like cartoonish but still photorealistic almost look to it. um, It was more like a comic book more like these different comic books they all have different styles and so you're starting to see stuff crop in now that is doing different things like the ninja turtles movie that's coming out this summer has a very different interesting style and you're starting to see it and also it's just a really good movie with a really good story that's really compelling yeah. about a character that is incredibly popular and there's like 18 versions of him in it if not more <laughs> uh and yeah. also isaac is fucking one of, is the main bad guy in it who's maybe one of that like it's it's uh like, this movie is going to make a shit ton of money. Um, I wonder if even four is too low. I just – it's tough yeah. to peg it. I think that, you know, the ones ahead of it are just going to be Goliath. So, that's why I have it here at four.
0: Yes. And, um, you know, I missed out on this in the theater when it came out in theaters. I saw this a few months later when it came to VOD. So, again, just the reason why it's going to make so much money. I think there are a lot of people, you know, like me that are going to see this and be like, oh, I want to experience the – experience that – um. You know, bombasticness. Again, the, the blockbusters you go see in theaters for that reason, for having that audience experience. I know I just talked about earlier about having a pretty bad theater-growing experience, but you still go there. You roll the dice because it could be great or it could be terrible. You never know, but I definitely want to see this in theaters.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm very, very excited to see this one on the big screen.
0: Yes, and uh, my next one is... Uh, one I wasn't excited about. Again, a lot of these are movies that, a lot of these I put on my list just because of <laughs> the film cast and that I'm talking about. i like, oh yeah, that not only is that thing coming out this year, not only not only reminding me that it is coming out this year, but uh, that it is probably going to make a lot of money. My number three is very much that. It's the remake of The Little Mermaid. It's going to be the live action um, version of that. They've obviously had some very mixed <laughs> reactions to a lot of Disney's uh Live action remakes in the past couple of years. I think Aladdin did okay money, right? Aladdin um, made a lot of money, yeah. It made a lot of money, okay. Um, but we'll see. You know, you have, uh, let's see what we got in here. Main person is Holly Bailey. It's not It's not Holly Berry, but it's Haley Bailey. Holly mm-hmm. Bailey? Is that actually her name? Um, Javier Bardem as King Triton. Melissa McCarthy as Ursula, probably one of those roles she was born to play because she is very much that or has been that in a lot of her movies. Uh, Javier Tremblay is playing uh, Flounder. Uh, Aquafina, who I talked about not liking her very much, but uh, she's playing Scuttle. Uh, so hey, yeah, I oh, think, uh, that's
1: a that's a that's a flop hopper there. You got. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that was more of uh, what was that? Um, yeah, that was that was that was uh, what's her name from Poker Face? <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, that is a little bit more of the Leon. Leon It was. Yeah, yeah, that's.
0: That. Uh, this is actually directed by Rob Marshall, so that's interesting. That's some name recognition. Yeah. Name recognition there makes
1: a lot of bad musicals. Rob Marshall, he, he this does, is gonna be bad yes. too. Uh, Whatever. maybe yeah, it this could is, be it's gonna be bad it's gonna be fucking terrible this movie's gonna be bad it's my number three too I don't care I don't <laughs> wanna talk about it anymore it's, it's gonna make a shit ton of money
0: it's gonna, it's gonna be bad but it's gonna make a lot of money is, is yeah. the thing we we're saying yeah, about, it's, about it's a lot it's of my these number things number three yeah. yeah, you're number three. Okay. <laughs> uh, my number two is one you already talked about, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Like I said, it's going to be riding the coattails. It's going to be riding that wave that Tom Tom Cruise started last year, that bomb that he set off with uh, Top Gun Maverick making all the money from last year. I think it's going to continue. It's going to come into this year with De- Dead Reckoning Part 1, supposedly being you know, part one of the the last of them, supposedly, whatever. <laughs> he's setting, setting them up as being that. So I think it's going to get a lot of a lot a lot of butts and seats just for the dads that came out for top gun maverick he's like okay what else what else is this guy doing these days maybe they they came out of the woodwork they came out of the wilderness and saw top gun maverick and like oh shit tom cruise is still a thing let's go let's go see his next thing which will be this so very much thinking that that's gonna set some box office records this year uh i think
1: they're really really overselling this um I think it's gonna make money, but not Top Gun money. Like that's a weird ab- uh, aberration. Um, so, like, yeah, this movie is gonna make money, m- probably more than any Mission Impossible movie. But it's not gonna be all these movies. That's that's insane. Um, okay. So, so, I mean, <laughs> I think this is your this is your folly here, Damien. Well, with one okay. other thing Good that day. I've done the math on and that you've <laughs> left off, that was a big mistake, yeah. and oh, I'll yeah. make fun of you in a bit for a little bit. In a little bit. Go ahead.
0: That. No, no, we're going to
1: wait. It's because it's coming up.
0: Yes, it is. Uh, What is your number two?
1: My number two is, um, uh, this is clearly going to be your number one. It was everyone on the film cast number one, but it is not my number one. I think that this movie uh, is going to do very, very, very well, um, but I don't think it's, I think that there's uh, something out there that's going to beat it, and that's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It's got the first mover bonus, uh, just like Doctor Strange did. Which also, I think, was number two last year. Just like the Marvel movie, the Marvel movie that kicks off the box office always does very, very well, um, and this one is going to do very, very well. Um, and by all accounts, it's very good. So, hope it may not even it may even do better than projections. I might be underselling it, putting it at number two because it's probably going to have a little bit better legs than a lot of Marvel movies. Um, so, I do see this thing making quite a bit of money.
0: Yeah. Um... It probably will make all the money Yeah It's <laughs> yeah. one of those I see There's a lot on the list Like uh, Little Mermaid And a couple other things I'm not really excited for But I think Like like we just said Not going to be great But it's going to make all the money I've seen some clips I saw a clip The other day I won't talk about But uh, it, it, it has Endgame feel to it I know yeah, It's the end like, of the
1: trilogy You know Those
0: always it is. Those like
1: people And when they're good People are
0: excited yeah, this has that feeling to it. Um, you know, James Gunn is a guy you can always count on to make a great movie. Um, this this seems like it's not going to... I know I've talked about like wanting these things to tie into other things, but it seems like it's going to sit somewhere uh, by itself in a, in a different corner of the universe. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to see where it goes after that. I'm very excited to, you know... Um, I'm also excited that it's not gonna. It doesn't seem to have the tone of the Phase Four stuff. I know we're we're in we're in Phase Five, but um, the tone of it seems to be darker than the other stuff, which is what I've been looking for. So yeah, I'm personally looking forward to seeing it. I also, like you said, I have it higher, so I think it's going to be that MCU movie that we've been craving since Endgame.
1: Yeah, yeah. That you yeah. said that's your number one.
0: My number one, yes.
1: Yeah. Well, I Good. guess that just leaves my number one. Yes, Something that was conspicuously absent from your list, yeah, which makes you uh, a fool. It makes you an absolute you fool. I'll take it. Um, I'll take the it. fact that you don't have this on your list is right. is a massive oversight. It was in the top two of almost everyone's list on the film cast, I'll just say. Correct. Um, so you're gonna lose a lot of points and you're gonna lose to me because you didn't make this pick. <laughs> I was really worried because we were like we have all I was like oh my gosh we have like the same list it's gonna be almost exactly the same like our top four are all gonna be the same except for one and two are gonna switch and then you just hit me with a surprise and I was like oh wow my number one is Indiana Jones 5 Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny this is gonna be this year's Top Gun uh, it, I think this is a movie that is uh, has been uh, long rumored and long delayed and People, I don't know if you're aware of this Damien, people love Indiana Jones movies. And three of the four are really good. And this is another one that looks really good and people are saying very good things about it. This is a legacy sequel like Top Gun was where people are getting excited. People are gonna go back to the theater. This is the first one we've got since 2007. It's the second one we've got since 1989. So, yeah, I can see just people who are who have grown up with these movies, people who watch the originals, people who haven't seen any of them. And it's been long enough now since the last one, which which, you know, people are divided on. A lot of people don't like it. I think that movie gets a little more hate than it deserves, despite it being the worst of the four. Um, But a lot of the negative vibes from that one have kind of faded away. And I think that people are like, you know what? Let's end this on a high note. Let's do this right. Sala is back. Like, it's doing, like, you know, some really good throwback, like, flashback type stuff with the young indie. People are hyped for this. And this is my – and this maybe is a little bit of a heart pick because – Yes. Uh, I love Indiana Jones. Uh, the first and the third one are two of my favorite films ever created. Um, but it's not, it's not only that, like I said, a lot of people take this movie to be in the top two movies. And I think I, I was like, Oh, I'm going to be a little different than Damien and put Indy five <laughs> at number one. Cause I think he'll probably put it at number two. Yeah. I guess I was flat wrong on that one, but <laughs> I, I stand by this. I stand by it. I think if anything is going to be the surprise spoiler, I think it all lines up for it to be Indy. And it, and I think this, you know, um, James Mangold is a really, really great director. Look at what he did for Wolverine. Look at what he did in Logan. If he is able to end the indie franchise the same way that he ended, and I know it's still kind of continuing, but he gave this send off to the character of Logan. If he's able to give that same send off to indie, this is going to be fucking phenomenal people are going to lose their minds for this and it's going to make a shit ton of money at the box office uh it's going to make more money than transformers rise of the beast damien there's no, <laughs> no way that transformers rise sure, of the yeah. beast makes more money than indiana jones even four did really really well at the box office okay huh? <laughs> so, all right i guess we'll just let let the we'll, yeah. we'll come back we'll, in in, we'll in back. Uh, yes. september or whatever and um uh, Celebrate my victory.
0: (laughs) It's possible. I left off uh, fast 10 as well, which is probably a mistake as well. Um, I just want to see. Yeah, that's surprising to me. Yeah. I I was like,
1: oh, I've got a low. Damien's going to have a way higher than me.
0: Let me just see what um, Indiana Jones 4 made at the box office. Uh, Domestic box office. Yeah, I think you're right Uh, overall. I think we have a lot of boomers in this country. What the fuck? Do you know what? uh, Is that real? There's no way. The domestic box office for Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. What do you think it was?
1: I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess 350 million.
0: Uh, hold on. For some reason, when I did domestic box office, it gave me the domestic box office of the Philippines. What? (laughs) <laughs> okay. Uh 000, yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. So. so that's that's quite a bit. But that's not yeah. is that number one money? Is that I mean that was, you know, 12 years ago, whatever it was.
1: Yeah, that was that's a that's 12 years ago, and I think this one is gonna do better than it.
0: It's possible, yeah. Um what was I gonna say too? Um I don't know, man. And uh, Harrison Ford's very old. Uh, Hugh Jackman wasn't is not old. He can still do those things or he Hugh wasn't able to do those old. things.
1: I will say, uh, yeah, Indy Four was number was number three that year. The only movies that beat it out were Iron Man and The Dark Knight.
0: Yes, true. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think people will come up to this movie again. We just said it before, but uh, not. A, it's probably not going to be a great movie, but it'll make up a lot of money.
1: It is going to be the, a great
0: movie, and it's going to make I, a lot of money. Know. I don't know, man. I don't know. In, do you
1: like the Indiana awesome. Jones movies, Damien? They're like,
0: yeah, I, I like them for the. Um, the mark that left on, you know, cinema, they are very important movies. I don't know if they're well written because there is that meme of like, if Indiana, if Indiana, if Indy wasn't there in the first movie, everything would have happened anyway. That's so, the
1: point. The same thing. You can say the same thing about Inglorious Bastards. What? They killed Hitler, though. How is that the same? The theater exploded anyway.
0: Oh, I see what you mean. Um, I guess so. But they kill Hitler, though.
1: They, they only they they the killer, was going to die <laughs> three seconds oh, later, and sure, they all sure, exploded. Sure. And Hans sure. Landau would have got exploded too,
0: would have, yeah, true.
1: That's the um, whole point yeah. of India. Like, oh my god, you're trying like to fucking Pauline Kale over here.
0: <laughs> I think you're right in the fact that it's gonna make a lot of money, it might be good. I'm just saying it's not gonna be great. That's all I'm saying. I like think they, it's gonna
1: be great. I think it's gonna be, fucking, okay. uh, I am so, I mean, like, one in three, like, you could say what you want about four, I think it's yeah. underrated. <laughs> Two is kind of problematic, and but I it's will. fun schlock. Yeah. One and three yes. are just such pure cinema action movies. Like, you know, yeah. I know I gave you some shit about being pretentious, but Damien, you can drop the act.
0: It'll <laughs> be fine. I'll come back here and I'll be honest. I'll give it an honest. I'll give it an honest. honest chance. All I right. will. All I right. will. Um, so obviously, my number one is Guardians of the Galaxy Three, like for all the reasons I already stated. It's it's going to be that movie we want, and I've wanted since I don't know how many movies they were in Phase Four and so far in Phase Five or like nine. Or, there's been at least well like Depends eight movies. Depends on what you
1: count as a movie, you know. <laughs>
0: there's the TV shows and the specials and yeah. There's been a lot of them, and I've been massively disappointed by a majority of them and this seems like it could be one of the best of, of them so far so yeah 100%. i am looking that's the one i'm looking forward to the most and i think that's going to make the most money in this country which i keep, I keep forgetting yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. uh, worldwide gross so <clears throat> those are my Uh, 10 to 1s, let me do let's throw our dark horses real quick Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, my first dark horse is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, which is another movie that I put on there based on them talking about it on the Slash Filmcast what is one of your dark horses?
1: Uh, my dark horse is just one we talked about a bunch uh, I just didn't have room for it on the list because if there was was a top 11 I would have it on the list but Transformers Rise of the Beasts I just ran out of slots, so I put it as a dark horse there you go.
0: Um, another one I wasn't uh, really aware was a thing. It's called The Last Voyage of the Dementor. Um, let me pull that up real quick. The Demeter, um. not the Dementor. It's not Harry. Not No, not Harry Potter. <laughs> and, and then we'll fuck you, Harry Potter.
1: It's the Demeter. We, Demeter? <laughs> Demeter? No, it's, Demeter? It's, it's like the Dementors would come down. It's the obvious. It would come down and <laughs> suck the soul out of your body. Dementors like Harry Potter? No, no, not like Harry Potter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this is based on a single chapter of the Captain's Log from Bram's, Bram Stoker's classic 1897 novel Dracula. The story is set aboard the Russian Schooner, the, the, the Demeter, Demet, uh, Demeter, Demeter, it? Demeter okay, I think which is chartered to carry sure. private cargo, 24 undermarked wooden crates. Oh, this is from, uh, okay, yeah, this is the part it's in the um, Robert Eggers, right? Or no? No, that that is the um, Nosferatu. Oh, he's, he's doing, doing Nosferatu. Too, right? Yes, yes, yes. I remember the
1: scene in Nosferatu. That's why I'm thinking of it.
0: Yeah, I, and I remember the scene in um, in Brandt, in uh, Coppola's movie, in Coppola's version of Dracula. That was very interesting. I don't remember anything uh, about that movie. Yeah, it was it was good. Um, so this is from the same guy that did one of my favorite um, horror movies I've seen in the past probably 10 years, The Autopsy of Jane Doe. He also did Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which I haven't seen yet, but I heard was pretty good. Um, he also did 2010's Troll Hunter, so this should be pretty good. Yeah, pretty,
1: pretty no, good. It's, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited it looks good. I mean, I don't think it's going to make... Too much money. I think it's going to do like the lighthouse yeah. money, maybe. But
0: it might, might do lighthouse money. It could be uh, this year's uh, black phone. So that's the thing. That yeah, be. that's the thing. Yes. Yeah. Another one of your dark horses. Yeah. Please? So
1: I mean, for my dark horses, I kind of wanted to pick some stuff that's a little bit weirder, like some stuff that like is like maybe it'll like crack nine or ten, something that you wouldn't expect. So. Uh, I went with a couple franchises, and to keep in that spooky one, uh, this is a franchise that I despise, but I feel like they always make a good amount of money. Um, maybe, maybe they could crack nine or ten this year, and that's Insidious Five. Um, Patrick Wilson and Vera from uh fucking finding spooky ghosts or evil dolls or whatever the fuck <laughs> they do. Yeah, uh, yeah, it should be interesting. I've seen a lot of those. Probably going to be bad, but seen... probably going to make a lot of
0: money. <laughs> Yeah, I think I've seen like Conjuring Two and one of I think I saw Annabelle. Uh, yeah, one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a huge not a huge fan of the of the Conjuring universe. Like the, is the Insidious the,
1: movies in the Conjuring universe? Are they the same thing?
0: Oh, sorry, I thought you I thought that was what it was. Annabelle
1: I, I, is in Insidious because she's the doll that they have to fight. I think. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I
0: don't, don't know. know. These movies, they all fucking know. run together for me. They really do. That's they why all, I'm not too excited for this one. Yeah,
1: Yeah. no, I'm not gonna watch it. I watched the first two in, like, a college dorm. Like, my black <laughs> girlfriend, or my ex-girlfriend, like, fucking, when they first came out, and I fucking hated them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so my third Dark Horse is uh, Blue Beetle. I uh, just was looking through um, you know, what other superhero things are coming out this year, and this is one of them. Uh, I believe this is also part, sort of, Supposed to be part of the uh, DC EU because you know it's it's a DC thing. So I think it'll crack. It's possible that it could sneak into the top ten. nine, nine or ten slot in there. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, oh, what was your third dark horse?
1: My third one is a movie that I didn't even know was coming out until I like was yeah. looking over the list, and then uh, but it's another movie in a franchise that kind of quietly does well. I think like, like people never really notice it doing well because it's very similar to the John Wick movies, and they always come out in the same year as the John Wick movie. Um, oh, yeah. But it's got one of the biggest movie stars in the world. And Denzel Washington, there's another Equalizer movie coming out. So, Equalizer oh, 3. Yeah, <laughs> I think the Equalizer 3, you know, you could it could crack the top 10. You never know. I didn't see it on anyone else's list. So, it could be yeah. a surprise, you know. Like, those movies, they make money. People love Denzel. People love Denzel shooting people. It, yeah.
0: Are you an Equalizer head?
1: I've never seen any of them. I mean, they look Me good. But I just ended up watching John Wick because John Wick came out the same time.
0: Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I got, I got, I got to check some of those out. They always, they always reference those as like not garbage crime, but like you know, along those same lines of stuff like mm-hmm. um, uh, what are what are the ones they always say like garbage crime, like Twenty One Bridges or whatever and oh, stuff right. like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, that's cool. Uh, let me see. I was looking through some of their dark dark horses for /filmcast guy, uh, filmcast guys. Uh, they have Elemental in there. One have they keep a couple of them had Haunted Mansion in their dark horse category. Yeah.
1: That would be good, but I don't possible. think it's gonna make
0: money. It's possible. Yeah. So I'm yeah, just trying to maybe. see if there's anything we anything we didn't mention. I don't I think we pretty much have very very similar lists just in different orders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Looks like we got everything mentioned there. So, yeah. Good luck to you, sir. Thank you. Good luck to you. <laughs> so let's go back to what we've been watching. Uh, you right before we hopped on the mics here, you checked out Peter Pan and Wendy. This is from one of your favorite directors. Um, he also did uh, Peach Dragon, right? Yeah. Or, like, he does. You know, anytime imagine. they're
1: like, we need we need a Pete movie to be re- to be remade at Disney, they got him. Up, they get him on the phone, and he knocks
0: it out of the park. Yes. This is from the director. His name is David Lowry. David Lowry, thank you. Yo, yo. <laughs> what did yeah. you think of Peter Pan and Wendy? Uh,
1: I like this movie quite a bit. Uh, like I said, I was excited for this because I'm such a big fan of Peace Dragon, um, the David Lowry's reimagining of that classic Disney film. Uh, the original, I really dislike the old version of this, it's boring and racist. Um, like really, like even like going back, like I was like, I remember this movie's kind of racist. Then I like rewatched it like during the pandemic one night. I was like, oh wow, this is like way worse than I remember. Um, yeah, but I I really liked it. It's it's pretty close to like you know you think oh live action Disney remake coming straight to Disney Plus. You know it's gonna be one of these di- like you know the Little Mermaid like we're talking about. Um, but this, and it sticks kind of close to that, the first half but the second half, it does some interesting different things with the Peter Pan lore. Uh, the actress playing Wendy is really great. She's the same actress who played the young Black Widow in Black Widow. Um, there, it's like, uh, the character of, um, Hook, who's played by Jude Law. Like Jude Law is like, just plays Hook with this, like this kind of menace and sadness at the same time that is really... Interesting. Jim Gaffigan is Schmi, which is great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is, it's like this very sad movie about, you know, just like Peter Pan's always about not wanting to grow up, but it also adds this dimension of if you do grow up, like growing up in the right way. That I thought was an interesting take on the lore and just kind of responsibility and, you know, like any. Like Damon Lindelof always says, it's like, oh, yeah, there are some parent issues in here. It's like a lot of guys just miss their mommies. Uh, so that yeah. was that was fun. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I really like this. It's it's streaming now on Disney Plus. I think it's probably um, of all the live action remakes of the Disney classic canon, like those old Disney animated yeah. movies. I would say it's easily the best. Did you
0: uh, see Peach the 2015... Dragon notwithstanding,
1: because that's not really animated
0: right did you see the 2015 Joe Wright version pan
1: yeah that movie is bizarre and I love <laughs> it no one I will say no one in this movie just for no reason sings right. smells like teen Spirit that doesn't happen Oh no unfortunately no. for literally no reason and then it's never addressed again <laughs> yeah oh
0: God well, that's uh, so it's, it's missing
1: that Joe Joe Wright's yeah. version had it had it on that one but actually yeah. weirdly enough like I feel like watching that movie, kind of prime me to to watch this and I can't really say why without giving a spoiler but there's like a certain character dynamic in that movie that I yep. was like I thought was unique to that but it actually plays really well having seen that going into this one. Uh, yep. So yeah, I, I do actually think that movie is kind of a mess but a beautiful mess like it's a really weird
0: <laughs> interesting big swing. All right, very cool. Um, and you also checked out the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian th- finale, season three finale. What'd you think of this? Yeah, did you watch it or? I'm not going to, and I'll I'll, I'll speak on that why after uh, your.
1: It's yeah, it's fine. It's fun. You know, okay. it's it's a lot. Of, like it's, the Mandalorian is not the like Dinjarin is not the main character on the show anymore. Uh, right. The show is the season three was kind of just like killing time until you know whatever there's not a lot of character development happening with him it's basically the Bo-Katan show which is yeah. fine like whatever like i it, there's some interesting cool thrilling stuff that happens in this there's some nice moments it's nice to see the culmination of the arc of Bo-Katan. and you're like yeah cool this is this is like a reading a really good wikipedia entry about like a, a historical event and there's some cool action and stuff that happens so it's perfectly fine like, it's it's totally passable and serviceable. I guess, you know, you want more from your shows than that, but I was entertained <laughs> watching it.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to, um, you know, starting now, I'm going to, moving forward, I'm going to practice self-care and just not watch mid anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm kidding, but, you know, I just... Uh, yeah, it just seems like okay, that happened. I was listening to the the Midnight Boys uh review it and, you know, it wasn't just them. I just heard a lot of mid things about it and just, you know, I could watch it. I have plenty of time. Don't get don't get me wrong. I know I have plenty of time. I could just binge this stuff real easy. I I could if I wanted to. But, you know, this and uh um I don't know if you're catching up on Ted Lasso, but I heard that's going just you know, no, Ted Lasso was okay. great.
1: It it bounced it? back the last two episodes very like it's it was fine, but the last two episodes yeah. I think were the best episodes of the season without question.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm probably going to wait to uh to binge that. Um there's something else there's but a few things that I started watching and started uh, you know losing track of and just hearing okay, yeah, that's um it's okay. It's decent. <laughs> just going to kind of yeah, not watch this. Like uh, like I did with last year with um what was it? Lord of the Rings, the the oh, prime the, video show. Oh, the Rings of Power. The Rings of Power, thank you. Yeah, another one. Where we're just like, yep. I liked I could, that I'll show read, a lot. I liked I'll that show. I'll read the Wikipedia. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll look was at good. the Wikipedia entries. It was not yeah. It was okay. great. It was good. It's good. It's good. The the height of your voice kind of gives know. away the fact that it probably wasn't good. No, it was. It was good. <laughs> it was. It, the thing
1: is like it's like we've talked about this yeah. before. There's so much good yeah. TV that the I great know. TV gets drowned out. That does like, like if this if. The Mandalorian or Rings of Power was on yeah. in, like, 2011. People would be losing their fucking minds. Like, they would be the greatest thing we've ever seen, you know? Um, you know, maybe maybe a little bit earlier, because like, there was some stuff then, but like Breaking Bad and stuff. But, like, we're in the era of peak TV, and just when things are great, it's like, oh, yeah. this was just great. It, this was just good. I, it wasn't mind-blowingly right. phenomenal.
0: I feel like um, we've talked about, you know, coming up, the the writer's strike And how does it affect prestige TV and just all TV in general? And like you said, looking back on years of uh, you know 2008 is when the last one happened, and that era of TV, uh, you know, Lost was in there, but also things like Heroes. Heroes was on, and Heroes was probably the Mandalorian of that time, of that time period. Of like, no, Heroes was was pretty
1: good. Heroes season one is great, and then like then it did four seasons of dog shit. Like it fell off a cliff.
0: But it, like, my point was that it was affected by the writer's strike. It was, you know, you had to bring in yeah. other people to write part of that show. And that's probably part of why Even, it, it, it was off. bad
1: before that, man. That's the thing. It was bad before the writer strike. It was it was already bad.
0: But you just, yeah, but the first season was fine. That was, the first, that was the only season that had. No,
1: season two was before the writer's strike and season two was also oh, yeah. bad. Yeah. Oh, I, didn't, I don't remember yeah, that. Season two is really um, bad. Yeah, it, it got um, worse You're, I'll give you that it did get worse but
0: yeah yeah but the, you know there there are shows like that back then like you said yeah. uh, to, if a Mandalorian was in, was on then then yes because that would have been the first thing we had of Star Wars content um, after the prequels you know if we didn't have the sequel trilogy then yeah I agree that people would be losing their minds and be like this is fucking fantastic yeah um, yeah, but right now with all of, the, all of the, not just all of the content overall, but also all of the Star Wars content, all of the, you know, Andor and um Yeah, it's you know, not Bad as Batch.
1: good as Andor. Uh, I, don't, I don't care about the Bad Batch. That's a show for babies, and I'm not a baby, so. <laughs> um, wait, you're saying Mandalorian was better than Andor? No, 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 no. I'm saying man, a Bad Batch is a show. No, Andor is incredible. Mando is not as good as that, but I'm not okay. going to watch the yes. Bad Batch because
0: I'm not 12 years old. <laughs> what about what was the bad batch and also there was um, i watched the first oh, episode and i was like this is just a kid's show like the and it's
1: not even like like adventure time or something where it's like deep or interesting like it's I just like I this is talking, just a kid show
0: yeah i guess uh what was the other I'm um, a uh, book a book of boba fett like that that show that though. show is some dog
1: there? shit that show is okay. some absolute garbage <laughs> the only good the only good episode is the, sure. the episodes are the ones where they become the mandalorian like, it just yes. is The Mandalorian for two episodes. Okay, let me put it another way. The okay. Mandalorian, Go the ahead. way you're talking about Evil Dead Rise is exactly how I yes. feel about The Mandalorian.
0: Yes. Yeah, that, that, that's I was going to tie that into other things of, like, Evil Dead Rise. I think I did mention it. of Just, like, a lot of the content right now, the problems I had with Evil Dead are, are indicative of problems I have uh, at large of, you know, culture right now of, you know... It has to be a reference to other things. That was a pro- like a big, 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 big problem. Not a, yeah, with that's, that's, overall. Yeah, that's, yes. that
1: gets old quick.
0: It does. And I think there was a interview or, a, or an article that came out recently where Charlie Cox said when they were making his – when they were filming his parts in Spider-Man, um, I think it was the director or um, – what's his name? Uh, uh, the overarching guy at the MCU. Oh, uh,
1: um, I was going to say Jeff Loeb. No, that he's the one who was in Marvel DC. Yeah. Why I, um, he's got the hat. he got the hat. He's the hat guy. <laughs> well, I, you like? I would have known his name but you like incepted me into like forgetting it.
0: <laughs> MCU head. Uh, Kevin Feige. Kevin so Feige. It either came from the director of uh, Spider-Man or it came from Feige directly, that he w- he had to pose. He had to do a quick he had to pose with his stick to hold for applause. And so I feel like we're seeing a lot of that sort of peter out and sort of spread out amongst other properties of like this character has to come on screen and then pause for for, pause for effect. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> I think we're seeing that a lot. I think I, I felt that a little bit in uh, in Evil Dead Rise of just like pause for effect, pause for applause. We yeah, I don't think that's the- a new
1: thing though. That's been around since the 30s or even earlier than that probably but it's
0: I think you see Humphrey
1: um, Bogart would come on screen and he would be like and here's the Maltese Falcon it it would just stop for three seconds
0: it was such a um, different experience I had watching like Endgame at home like I'm not saying like I said it's not new and it's not um, something that's never been there before and it's definitely something you see Out of context of seeing, seeing, of seeing like Endgame in theaters, you watch, you watch the portal scene on your phone at home now, and you're just like, why is that person posing for 90 seconds while Thanos' army is just sitting there doing nothing? (laughs) It doesn't make sense. I mean, get it? But in the theater, it's so cool. (laughs) It's amazing. I I, yeah, I just jizzed my pants when I saw it in theaters. Um, Yeah. But what was I saying? Yeah, it's just – it's just, it's a, it's a disease that's infecting so many things now of like mm-hmm. fan service has to be in everything but also presented in a certain way. And it's ruining so many things. So that's uh, all I'm saying. Oh. Yeah. All right. You're a so, man. Let's but... get to some <laughs> yeah. stuff you've been – yeah, some other stuff you've been watching. The Jury Duty, is that uh, completed?
1: Jury Duty just finished. That's the last two episodes. And I know we're running long, so I'll kind of go fast. Um, yeah. But this is one of the best shows I've seen in a while. It's an amazing – half docu-series, half sitcom. Like I was talking about last week, because it doesn't really break the immersion, even when the guy who's not in on it is in the scenes. But the way they wrapped it up, I thought was absolutely phenomenal and hilarious. Uh, The guy at the center of this is so great. James Mardson playing himself is amazing. It's giving this chance for all these kind of unknown character actors. Um, And it's, it's so funny and, it's, it's, it's just really cool to see this guy at the center of this who's who's kind of like this is ridiculous and he's going along with it, but he still has the greatest heart. He's so nice to all of these ri- ridiculous people and just going through these crazy situations. Uh, so I really recommend it to everyone. It's it's I was dying just sitting in my house alone just cracking up. This is so good. The last two episodes are chef's kiss, so
0: go watch <laughs> Nice. Is there um, like what is this is like an overarching like story that they're trying to tell or was just like let's yeah, it do cause something. It's,
1: it's like, you know, yeah. the idea is that this is a it's just like the office where they're like making a documentary about these people who have jury duty and it follows the case and them trying to them going through it, like through the, the discovery part and, you know, hearing all of the the testimony and the witnesses and them like hanging out behind the scenes because they get sequestered and just kind of them forming these bonds. And then, you know, them having the last two episodes, like them having to deliberate and hear the closing arguments and all this stuff. So in the last, it kind of ends with them trying to figure out what to do. And this is not much of a spoiler because it happens early on, but the real guy, Ronald gets picked as, the foreman, so he's kind of the one who has to drive the narrative and figure out, decide if it's guilty or not guilty. Um, so, yeah.
0: Really, cool. really good. Uh-huh. You also checked out Ghosted. Is this, a, this is a TV show or a movie?
1: It's a movie. It's the Apple Plus movie um, directed by a director. I really like Dexter Fletcher, um, and it's that Apple Plus movie that looks like a fake poster. Um, I saw someone describe it as it looks like, a fake Lucas Lee movie from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And it's just got... Because <laughs> it's got uh, Chris Evans in it with Ana de Armas. And like she's like a spy. And he doesn't know she's a spy. And this movie is getting a lot of hate. And I'm not about to say that it's incredible. But it's fine. It's fun. It's a good... Just throw it on in the background movie. There's a lot of great cameos. There's some moments that actually made me laugh. There's a cool finale. Um, it's a three-star movie. It's, it's completely fine it's just this is this isn't like this is mandalorian is is great compared to this mandalorian actually they're like this is a movie it's one of those movies you watch on this is an airplane movie is what this is okay great
0: (laughs) i'll be skipping that yeah you can skip it it's it's, you know watch it next time you have a
1: have a you know a two-hour flight (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I was looking through the cast list, and it's like uh, all these MCU heads. Yeah, Chris Evans, uh, mm-hmm. Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan.
1: Yeah, and unlike and uh, Sebastian Stan, and Anthony Mackie, they're basically cameos. They're like joke cameos that actually work really well. Play it plays really well.
0: Okay, we um, checked out the Covenant. This is the new uh, what's his name? It's uh, called the
1: full title is Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Hey, so Guy one. Guy Ritchie's it, it, The Covenant. Yeah, yeah that's the full title that appears on screen in the movie, which is <laughs> just, like I was like that's a case. flex, okay? That is a, there's a flex.
0: Uh, what do you um, think of this?
1: Yeah, this is you know so one of uh, Dexter Fletcher's friends, Guy Ritchie. Uh, this is like a solid kind of action thriller. That is, it's almost saying something, you know, you know those movies you're just like, ooh, mm. you're, you're going <laughs> there and you're, you're like bringing up some stuff. But this is still like, it's like, ooh, like about how the Afghanistan war is a bad thing and the way that we kind of abandoned a lot of the Afghan people was a bad thing. And just, um, I really think it's, we're going to start the way that after the Vietnam War ended, we started, which was the longest war that we'd ever been at the time. We started seeing a lot of movies two or three years after that that we're really commenting on it. I think we're gonna start getting that with the Afghanistan war which is now uh, by by a wide margin the longest war that the United States had ever been in. It started when I was, um, before I was a teenager and it ended when I was in my 30s. Um, So I think we're gonna get a lot of movies commenting on that and this is got some good action stuff. It's almost saying something, Jake Gyllenhaal is really good in it. Um, the uh, next leading guy, Dara Salim, is really good in it. Um, and then there's like, I, it was bugging me the whole fucking movie. I was trying to figure out who he was and I realized like the closing credits because it was like Anthony Starr I was like, oh my God, it's Homelander. He just has a beard. Um, but yeah, this is, I would recommend this movie. Um, it's almost, it's almost just like a lot of Guy Ritchie movies. It's a solid four out of
0: five. It's fine. So another, another is fine. It's, 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 it's a
1: lot better than Ghosted. Uh, and it's, this has it's been just,
0: the It's Fine segment with Derek.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no. Well, we've got one more.
0: It's fine. <laughs> one more. One more one is fine. More. Well, let, me just, let me just say, uh, you know, um, Jake Gyllenhaal has been in some much better war movies. Check out Jarhead from 2005. I think he was in a movie called Brothers, right? With uh, Yeah. With that guy from the thing, Spider-Man. Yeah, right? sure. Sure, yes. Tom McGuire. <laughs> Tobey Maguire Yes He was in that with him So he's been in Better other war movies yeah, He was uh, almost Spider-Man next, Jake, Jakey Jake He was almost Spider-Man He was Spider-Man Wasn't he a Spider-Man In a No he, he was supposed well, There was a whole thing Where Toby Mysterio. almost Dropped out
1: in Spider-Man 2 Yeah that's why He was Mysterio Because yeah. yep. it's a whole thing We don't need to go over it <laughs>
0: No Next on the list Of it's fine Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Colon Once and always Colon What did you say Colon Okay colon. It's colon yes.
1: But okay <laughs> going for Say my colonoscopy Alright <laughs> So I don't know if you're Like you're probably a little You're a couple years older than me So you probably didn't watch Power
0: Rangers Did you? I watch all the Power Rangers I've seen so many Power Rangers You have no okay, idea Okay so I you watched... haven't seen Power Rangers you can doing the thing that you do Where you're like I see you. All right. <laughs> I always grew up in Power Rangers I had a Power Rangers birthday party From like age 7 to like 13 Who was your favorite? Was to... Who was your favorite? Who's my favorite? Yeah. Tommy Obviously Fuck you man It's all about Come Jason Come on
1: everybody (laughs) loved Tommy man I love Jason well guess what neither of them are in this movie because did you really like Power Rangers? I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. I love our, I Okay, love, Dude, you sound exactly the, how the did same I when the you do the dragon are thing without
0: knowing what the dragon thing was. Of course. All right. You I sound just. Toys. You sound like
1: you're doing your sarcastic Damian thing right That's now. That's just
0: my voice, man. That's just how my voice works sometimes. <laughs> no, I loved. That. I had all the toys. I did the. Um, you have the, the ones that have the thing. head
1: the head flipped. You could put the head. And yes. It had their regular head and you flip it, and it, yes, yeah, so that was yep. those were the best.
0: They were the best. Did yep. you watch
1: this? I did not watch it. Okay. It's because it's it's like it's supposed to be like this is a reunion of the original Power Rangers. And then you're like, oh, like a lot of these people are either passed away, tragically, unable to travel because of financial crimes or the Pink Rangers (laughs) didn't want to come back. So I'm like, you can't call it a reunion if only two of the originals came back. Um, So it's, it's just the Black Ranger, and the Blue Ranger, Billy and Zach, they come back and then they bring back. Like, a, like a, some later Rangers, like um, like the later Pink Ranger, like the one from like Zeo or In Space shows up and then um, Rocky, the most, the Red Ranger who replaced Jason. Oh, Obi- yes. they, they do the thing where yeah. they're like, they, they actually, because like Trini, you know, tragically the actress who played Trini died a, lot, a while yep. back and so, they have yep. like a, you know, they write her death in the plot and make it very kind of poignant and tragic. Um, but then, you know, Jason had – or not Jason, um, the actor who played Tommy had died um, during production of this. Um, so, oh. it's not, yeah, he, um, so, it's not – yeah. So, it's not – which. so, he didn't come back before that. Um, he had already declined. Um, but there's like they – at the beginning, they just kind of like have like a very like, we're right, Oh, we've got – we can't have these characters on screen with their faces because they're not in the movies. So they just write them off with like a, you know, very gimmicky thing. It's fine. Yeah. It's not really much of a reunion, like I said, because it's just two out of six. That's not a reunion. That's just two guys coming back. Um, <laughs> it's it's like if there's some cool callbacks to the old school Power Ranger stuff that you might get a little nostalgia hit. It's not bad, but it's not good.
0: All right, it's it's fine. He says it's, it's fine, fine. fine, and that it's
1: the perfect cap to our it's fine <laughs> with Derek segment. We need to make that a recurring thing. Like this, <laughs>
0: it's, it's fine with Derek. <laughs> we need to have it like a jingle or something. Exactly, and that's been it's fine. But Derek, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> finally been reading with your eyes on a page, *The yes. Lord of the Rings*.
1: Yes, I, I finally finished these books. I think we've talked about it a couple of times because I've been reading them forever. Yes. They're yep. very big books. Yep. They're actually six books, uh, split into three volumes. Um, and I read other things between them because I just needed a break.
0: But right,
1: uh, these are great. Obviously. Some of the most iconic, phenomenal books ever made. Uh, The movies are some of my favorite movies ever made. Um, There is some stuff with the structure that I think is pretty dated. um, That made it a little bit hard to read when they would just be like, all right, now we're just going to do all the Aragorn stuff. And then we're going to do all the Frodo stuff instead of breaking it up. And then there's this really, I do want to touch on this because the second last chapter is one of the weirdest things I've ever read in a book in my life. I don't know if you've heard about this, but there's the second last chapter. is called The Scouring of the Shire. So, they do all the stuff. They have all the endings. They destroy the ring and then they spend like two more chapters being like, and then Aragorn did this and then Gimli went off with Legolas and did this. And they give you tell you all the, the long endings for everybody. And then they are like, and then Frodo and Sam and Merry and Pippin... Went back to the shire, and guess what? The shire was kind of fucked. Some guy took over <laughs> yes. it named Shaky, and he cut down yeah. all the trees. And then yep. they like a Scooby-Doo villain rip it off and be like, "It was Saruman." <laughs> and he's like, "I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for your meddling hobbits." And was, then, yeah, then then Wormtongue stabs him or slices through throat. It's in the stabs in yep. the back of the movie, yep. but it's so weird and anticlimactic. Yep. And I'm just like why is this in here? I guess there's some reasons that a lot of scholars have said it's great. I was like this is so weird. <laughs> Everything <laughs> was resolved. You had given us like long climactic endings for all these other characters and you just stick in this like and then there's like a battle that is like literally a paragraph where they're like and then they won. And you're like yeah. okay, it's it's very bizarre, but the books are still great. They're still hugely impactful on Fantasy genre. I'm finally glad I read them Um, and I'm done. (laughs) I'm glad it's like, it's like, I feel kind of like Frodo at the end. I'm just like, it's over. Like, it was a long, long journey. (laughs) Took me about a year, maybe longer.
0: But uh, I've reached the end of our road nice very cool um yeah speaking of things that were different from the books and the movies um the eagles could talk in the book right they didn't yeah talk in the there's movies. a
1: point where like they because they only show they don't show up a lot but there's like a point where they show up in the final battle and gandalf is like go get frodo and the, the eagle is just like you got it and <laughs> you just fly off and you're like
0: whoa <laughs> yeah very strange that they that they made them talk um which like yeah, it works other... in a
1: book but like if that was in a movie yeah. you'd be like this is cheesy fucking
0: nonsense it is very cheesy. I think they were in. I feel like they were in the Hobbit more. They, than were, they were in the Hobbit, of,
1: yeah. They're not. Yeah. I don't think they're in. The, they're in the book a little bit. I think, but they're in the movies yeah. a lot.
0: Yeah. Any other major differences between the books and the movies that you really kind of sh- kind of shook you?
1: I mean, there's a lot of things. A lot of the stuff, though, like I knew going in because people always talk about, like, oh, they took out Tom Bombadil. And they're like, oh, here's that Tom (laughs) Bombadil they were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird. This is fucking weird. It doesn't really add anything to the the story, but it's interesting. There's a lot of that kind of stuff where it's just like long descriptive parts. Um, Yes. Helm's Deep Battle, I think, was a little uh, underwhelming um, in the book because it's like one of the greatest cinematic, um, you know, uh, sequence, it's longer than a scene, it's like a sequence that goes on for yes. a while of all time. Yes. It's pretty minor in the book. The Battle of Pelennor is a lot more interesting in the books.
0: Uh, I'd say that's the other right. big one. Yes, yeah, those are the main things I noticed were different. And then, of course, the <laughs> the the it was like it wasn't a thing where they get to the village and they're like well you can't come in here because they all took over and like don't piss off that guy it's like one of those things where um it's like a seven samurai sort of thing where it's like you're trying to build up this uh, build up people's um you know uh to fight back to build up their courage yeah, to fight back against yeah. the, the people that have overtaken their you're talking their about their like
1: homes, the scouring right? of the shire or whatever yes yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot of that
0: yep Definitely a good idea to take that stuff out. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're coming to the end here. Uh, don't. I'm probably not going to do the letterbox review. I don't know if you did yours. I haven't I done did. mine, but you did. Okay. <laughs> what was your What was your movie from last time?
1: I got an education. Um, yep. You know. Uh, you got an education. Okay. I so got, got an education. what did you get? <laughs> uh, it's, uh, fine. You know, I, I keep saying that. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, it's actually a good movie. No, it's a really good movie. Um, I remember oh, when it first came out, like, I i saw the trailers and I was like, oh, this guy is like an adult and she's like a college student or like high school student. This seems kind of skeezy. And the trailers made it seem like a romance thing. But actually, he's basically like a con man and is the worst. And once you realize that, you're like, oh, this is a good movie. It's basically Red Rocket as told from the person from the girl's point of view, which I think makes it a much better movie than Red rocket. Um, Carrie Mulligan's great in it. Uh, Alvin Merlina is pretty surprisingly, not surprising. He's always great, but Alvin Merlina gives a really subtle, good performance. So I, I highly recommend an education, um, really good movie.
0: Nice. Very cool. Um, let's see written by Nick Hornby, uh, who wrote, wrote, um, high
1: fidelity. One of my favorite movies.
0: One of my favorite movies as well. I should go over that sometime. Uh, about a boy, Fever Fever Pitch, bunch of stuff he's written over the years. Brooklyn, great movie from 2015. Oh yeah, I didn't know you wrote Brooklyn. Okay. Yep. Brooklyn. Uh, let's see. Sarsha. Sheesh. Alright, so to do some plug in, plug the podcast, doing some medium blog. Sometimes, if you want to go there, you can check that stuff out. My letterbox, I lost uh, four. Are we not? Are same. we not going to spin this month? This week? Uh, I mean, I haven't really been doing it, but if you want to, you can give me. I'm gonna am I'm gonna give it a spin. Right. I'm gonna give it a. You, sp- go, you go ahead.
1: I'm gonna you s- can spin it. Give it the old shuffle ruskie. What am I gonna
0: get? Shuffle Fuck. What
1: do you got? <laughs> God, come and see! Fuck, man, I don't watch this
0: movie. Why do ah! you? Even... <laughs> uh, fucking bullshit! Do it. The most pretentious do it. shit ever made. Do it! It is not pretentious. God it moves. damn it! It's that not is pretentious. This
1: is like number one on all the fucking. This is the number one letterbox movie because everyone's like, "Oh, come and see!" He actually tortured a child <laughs> to get this performance. It's great. <laughs>
0: it is it's, 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 it was made before all these quote unquote woke liberals wait wait had I don't have it in my streaming I don't have movies. it in my streaming I forgot to
1: take off oh, come it's not on. I'll send you the DVD fine, I have the fine, Blu-ray fine, I will mail it to fine. you I'll mail watch the blu if you can get me let me <laughs> a way to watch it I'll watch it I will I will
0: okay, okay. <laughs> okay. I forgot to take all right, off sorry. the mic alright not not streaming stuff. Yeah good, yeah. good have have fun with that. All right. Great. <laughs> so as I was saying, I lost four followers because I've been very inactive on Letterboxd recently, but I just I still have 2000 movies on there. So you people go should go on there, get me to 100 even though I've been in, very inactive recently. So please do that. Go to FilmSS on YouTube, go to anchor.com which is Spotify for podcasters, make to make a uh podcast fairly easily go to uh my interviews that i've done over the years listen to those um and what do you get to plug my Derek? plug
1: is my podcast underrated where we talk about films that are underrated underappreciated or ones that have slipped under the radar and passed most people by that's the pitch uh so check that out uh this week we are talking about uh reign of fire uh, really nice. underrated movie where the apocalypse—it's a post-apocalypse movie—and they're caused by dragons. And Christian Bale has to fight them. It's awesome.
0: It is awesome. Uh,
1: <laughs> so that's the one. And then also Christian
0: Bale. Yeah, Christian yeah. Christian Bale. People in it.
1: Uh, Jerry Butts, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> it's 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 fucking great. Um, check it out. Uh, check out you know Undercast Company. Look up Undercast Company, and it'll come up. We're also on. All the social medias. We've been doing some cool stuff on um, TikTok. We just, we've just we been doing like these little short reviews. I did one on Tetris. We call them Microdose. So check out us on TikTok. I also have a letterbox if you want to follow me, Derek and Duff. So yeah.
0: Very cool. Let me just uh, end with this um, funny inverse, an article on inverse we wrote about Reign of Fire. And they said, and post 9-11 anxiety is rampant in all sorts of movies from this era. But the term is usually used to describe contemporary movies dealing with sudden shifts in the political climate. Reign of Fire possesses the socio cultural soci- sociocultural anxiety with the distance afforded to it by such an inherently fantastical premise, but still a lot of American firepower. Oh, that was that's interesting.
1: Yeah, no, uh, it, it's, it's it's a deeper <laughs> film than you think, and it's 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 not like it's you think it's gonna be like schlock, and it is like a yeah. little bit, but it's deeper than that. It's it's got some real meat on the bone.
0: Very cool. Yeah, around the same time he's doing the uh, the Gun kata, The oh. what's it? Christian Bale is doing gunkata Kata in equi- Equilibrium. The that Matrix knockoff,
1: well.
0: yeah. The Matrix knockoff, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, Uh, so anyways, for Can I Say Something, I've been Damian. And I've been Derek. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.